by special judgment of Oratrice Mechanique de Elise Cardinal, and by the sheer will of Oratrice Mechanique de Elise Cardinal, we are here today to do the 347th episode of the Fake Nerd Podcast as blessed by Oratrice Mechanique de Elise Cardinal. And yeah, that freaking dumb tram on TikTok has been stuck in my brain because they used the riff from, uh, whatchamacallit? The riff from another one bites the dust, and it will not leave my goddamn brain. Yeah, what is that from? That oh, mechanism. Yeah, Genshin Impact. I oh. I just googled to the name just to make sure I was saying it correctly, and it's like like three r- results down. It says, "Oh, it's from Gen- It's a character from Genshin Impact." Because I could have swore it sounds like Matthew Mercer talking about um someone in one of the critical role campaigns that I have yet to get to. Look, it, you, you can't dance. discount. That's the that's the trend. You got to be dancing. Yeah, oh, I mean, oh, look, it could be, good. it could be Matt Mercer. Like you never know. He does do video games. He does. He he most certainly does. But hello, my friends. How are you? This this beautiful somewhat cl- is it cloudy? Like, I can't. Who what? are we? Oh, uh, that's Brandon T. McClure over there. Hello, and of course we have Sparks Witty. I'm also here. By he order of the Ortrees, Mechadiste, and Lise Cardinal. Yeah, you understood the assignment. And of course, Mr. Cannot Believe I'm Actually Up and Awake at this hour, Ryan Eliopoulos. You know what, Ben? I'm proud of you. Makes me feel good. You're up before yeah. 10. That's like, that's, you're, you're, you're growing. I love it. He's up before 10. He's referencing the memes mm-hmm. here. It's like we're oh, 25 I'm... again. <laughs> it's like we're 25. <laughs> Many of us have just turned 33 and one of us. <laughs> All right. Um, hi, guys. We're back for another episode of the Faker Podcast a little early this morning. Um, well, actually, right on time this morning. But it feels <laughs> earlier than normal uh, because uh, I'm, I stayed up way too late last night. Um, so I, well, for once, I did it. And I just got a brand new video game. And when my fiance went to bed, she literally said, Are you can play for this video game for one more hour. I'm trusting you to go to bed in an hour after I leave. And I actually did what she said. And I'm proud of myself. After we recorded, I went to watch the newest episode of Doctor Who. I couldn't wait anymore. Yeah, um, I went and opened up a bunch of Pokemon packs. And I played Final Fa- started Final Fantasy 16. And I'm so happy. Yeah, fate is is written in fire. Um, but we have uh quite a bit in the description below. Uh, a note for the live people: I was called into work on Saturday, which is normally when I build the episode descriptions. Um, so I was not able to do that. So for you live people, anyone watching the live stream, uh, you will not have these in the description. They will be there for the rewind and for the uh, audio description as well. So uh, we'll I'll just tell you what they are. Um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mutant Mayhem, our cinephiles, is up now. Um, that was a lot of fun to record. Uh, the the latest Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie that we all really enjoyed is is there now. You can check out our thoughts. Star Trek: Strange New Worlds season two, episode nine and ten are up now, and ten uh, insane gap between nine and ten as far as like viewership numbers go, because. I don't mind telling our listeners they should know that we have a small audience because uh, they're part of it. But uh, our episode nine is, is currently at 32 views and our episode 10 is currently at 269. 
And then the one before that is doing also, you know, better than that. So it's like, isn't eight the political one that was yeah, kind of bad? Under the Cloak of War. Yeah. yeah. And then ten's the oh. finale. So it's like, when people want to talk about, listen to Star Trek, like they'll find anybody. So like, that's great to know. Yeah. So the musical episode, dud. The political episode, up. Okay, cool. Now, um, I want to hear about negativity. My views on the season um, have unfortunately only soured as I've only thought of it. Um, I was not as hot on the season as I wanted to be. And after over time, it's kind of uh, my thinking on it has gotten a little worse, but I was happy to do it with you guys. I'm glad the episodes are finally out. Um, so you guys can see all my thoughts on, on those episodes. Uh, so check them out now. Um. Lots of archive stuff. Strange Town Luther Strode, The Woods, Survivor's Club. Oh, I remember Survivor's Club. That was pretty good. Yep. Um, Spider Gwen. Uh, so a lot of like the the archive book club stuff is is up is up now. Uh, Haunted Mansion. Ben Sparks and I did a Haunted Mansion review, which is a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that movie. Um, a lot more than I thought I did. I thought I would too. So that was a fun discussion to go to get into. Yeah. Uh, Ahsoka season one has started uh, episodes uh, one through three were our first episode. So that's there. Uh, you can check out uh, our thoughts on the first, um, not half, like quarter of the show. I'd say yeah. like third. almost quarter. Yeah. Almost quarter. So maybe third. Yeah. Um, I know. I can't do math there. Uh, so you can check that out as well. Uh, and then uh, Invincible has begun. Our Invincible discussions for season two have begun. Uh, we've recently recorded uh, uh, the beginning of season two, but our Adam Eve special that's just miss myself and Sparks. Um, an episode I was very hot on the first time I watched it, and I'm really glad the second time because not quite as good, um, which is, as I get into it, exactly what Amazon was banking on uh, to release something to be like, Look, new Invincible. It's out now. You can watch it now. Go watch it now. And everyone will be like, oh my God, do Invincible. And then you think about it and you're like, yeah, all right. Yeah. Could have just been an episode of the show, maybe. Um, and uh, oh, if it was an episode of the show, I think uh, that would have been a bad episode of the show. Um, but if you, I think, splice it in to the season, like bits of like flashbacks of Adam Eve's story, I think it could have been interesting to see as a full we, special it kind of is like luster we have a good discussion where i think we get re we really get into like do you need this like do we need this and and yeah. will this matter to the character in the show or would it change anything if you didn't see the special and that's that's kind of what we talk through and so far no no <laughs> um and then finally uh just yesterday doctor who uh we Sparks and I, uh, and with our friend Xander, have decided to do a Herculean task of uh, discussing uh, in three episodes um, the uh, the the previous Doctor Who eras of, the, of New Who. So it's um, this first one is Eccleston and the first three seasons of Tenant, um, his only seasons because he ends with the specials. Um, so that's what up now. You can listen to us talk about the Eccleston season and then three tenant seasons uh, going through like Martha and Rose and Donna. It was a lot of fun to do. Really happy to revisit those. I, I see season four. I mean, we all were just kind of looking at the episode list of season four. We we're like, wow, every episode's great. Oops, all I, bangers. I started watching season four after the discussion because I was like, yeah. oh, that's just a good season. Like, that's yeah. just maybe the best season of the show because I don't think there's an even kind of like, yeah, okay, episode in it. 
um like I, it's all all great all bangers i was watching um i decided to go through because our next episode will be uh, this the tenant specials and then all of matt smith um so stay tuned for that um i started watching the um tenant specials which i can't wait to get into the the planet of the dead episode because i've like i loved that episode i was like so into that episode um but i was watching the matt smith season and i was going through it and i was like oh this season was kind of a wash for me um and and then i was like oh but wait vincent and the doctors in the season i like that episode a lot so i decided to watch that to rewatch that one uh and yeah great episode can't wait to talk about it that is all that is that is all the description stuff that's all there in the description you can check out uh both where you can find it obviously both audio and video formats um uh the links are will have, be there yeah i have something to add in the description actually in the oh dean dark i'm sorry yeah. yes no 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 I'm don't sorry. be don't do do not be sorry um it, I mean, when look, it's not holiday when week. it's not a list in front of me yeah it, yeah yeah it's, it's, it's so hard for me to remember <laughs> no no it dude i i just wanted to remind everyone list or everyone listening that yeah. a brand new episode of dean dark did come out it's a very this episode is more of a role play episode than an action episode but the ball starts rolling and some really bad shit starts happening and I, I don't want to say it because it involves Grayson's character, Jack, the invisible man. And it is, it is definitely one of those things where it's like, Oh, we are on a, we have to do phantoms thing, but we're also on a bit of a time crunch and things are just going from bad to worse. I, and I like, look, the, the, almost all the episodes of Dean Dark is things go from bad to worse. I really like, um, Eric, right? Phantom of the Opera, Eric. Um, yes. The person the who plays him is Aaron. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, I really like him just in general. I think he's really fun as the Phantom of the Opera, but this episode specifically, he was on top form. I felt, especially when he was like describing his eyes at the musical yeah. notes, it was fun. Uh huh. Um, yeah, it was a good episode. I'm I'm looking forward to more as always, Ben. The more I play with um Aaron with Aaron as fan of the opera when we when we play Dean Dark together, the more I just like like I, I've obviously met Aaron in real life before we've hung out. I saw him last weekend. And it's just like the more we play, the more we role play, and it's just like, dude, you were like born to play this guy. Like it is so easy for me because well a lot because as you all know, Dungeons and Dragons is very much theater of the mind. Sometimes, you know, when we play online, we have like a map in front of us so we can know where our characters are at but just the way he describes his stuff is just so vivid and it's so cool and sometimes excuse me it's also so creepy that you just can't help but go uh, and also go ha, ha, ha. oh man that's not gonna be good later on is it um okay anything else anything you guys want to add about any of the description links before we move on check them out uh we're dropping a bunch of stuff because of strike that's still going to be going on probably for the next two weeks. And then yeah. it'll be all caught up. In yeah. If I could just, if I could just reiterate, um, definitely watch the THP Ninja Turtles review. Um, if I remember correctly, I had a really fun time recording that. And also it's a really good movie. I saw it with Ryan when it first came out and it was a very enjoyable experience, theater experience. And like the whole, the, just when he and I left the movie theater that day, both of us had smiles on our faces and I was like, man, that was so good. And we just kept laughing about how when Splinter says, see, I told you, you got milked. That's pretty good. That's a really good joke. 
Uh, one could argue maybe the best TMNT thing ever made, but I, that's not for me to say. I will say, like, on average, I'm really happy that all our strike content is being viewed just about as much as they usually are anyway. Mm. So yeah. I'm really glad that it is still getting the attention that we generally do, and, and it's not just all zeros and, like, nobody's going back and checking out this stuff. I'm really yeah. glad that, like, because we had these great conversations that we just, we, we knew we weren't releasing at the time. So I'm glad mm -hmm. that they're actually getting attention. Yeah. 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 It's uh for us, uh it's nice that nothing bombed. Uh which is great. Yeah. Um someone okay. uh, a streamer once told me, um hey, if you're ever feeling bad about low numbers, think about your viewer count if they were like watching a movie with you. So even if it's like 30 people, imagine 30 people in the room with you watching something. And that's a lot of people. Yeah. So like anything that gets more than one view, I'm like, "Hey, thanks for checking it out, man." Right. Oh yeah, I've never We've we've it's it is what it is when it comes that to that. Sailed a long time ago, absolutely. Yeah. Um. All right. Um. Let's get into um the the uh, our our discussion then. I'm not gonna play the intro. I will, however, just bring up Babs on the side there yeah. uh, because for the um uh for the purposes of this current thing, it doesn't really make sense to structure it. So, um, where do we want to start? Uh, I have my opinion, but I want to know where you guys feel like we should start. I have no news to bring. So, where do you guys want to start? Yeah, if you, if I you would got... like. Go I ahead. would like to start with, if if I may, I would like to start with uh, Nicholas Holt being cast as Lex Luthor in Superman Legacy. The Superman sure. Legacy casting. Let's get into it. So, as far as I know, it's only Nicholas Holt has been announced to be cast. No one else has no, been there's, announced. There's, there's a few people. I'm not. There's, there's a lot of people. Kind of. Okay, cool. A few people I'm bringing it up right now, because um, I do have the I do have a, a name. Um, so obviously, Nicholas Holt is cast as Lex Luthor. Um, then there is Sarah Sam Sampeo, uh cast as Eve Tessmacher. Um and then Skylar Gizondo has been cast as Jimmy Olsen. Um, and that, oh wait, and there's also there's also. Uh, this was this was the week prior, so I had to look this one up. Uh, Maria Gabriella de Faria Fer has been cast as the authority character, the engineer. Hell yeah! Um, so yeah, so that's that's the kind of the four big casting that happened post strike. Uh, let's talk about like these are all great castings, but like like in terms of the characters that we'll talk about, like the smallest, which is which is the engineer from the authority. Uh, so this movie really feels like it's going to be like Superman coming into a world where like the boys already exist and him like brightening up the world because the authority it's in their name. They're superheroes who don't listen to anybody and will do anything to get to get the job done. Not so much in like a murdery way like the boys, but like they don't answer to any government. It's very much like like the Captain America uh, Civil War argument. Like no one should should have authority on us because we're here to do the right thing. We also have nuclear bombs in our fists. So that that dynamic is going to be really, really fun. And then we have obviously all the other Justice League people who've been announced, like you know, Hawkgirl and stuff like that. So like this has been a really, really interesting cast for your first Superman movie. I know people online have been like, is Superman even in this movie? I'm like, guys, shut up. <laughs> yes, all these well, Superman movie in Superman movie. I'm there. Honestly, it's too much. I think there's I've seen too the many movie, other that guy, that guy handles uh big, big, big crowds of people better than anyone on the planet every single movie has an ensemble cast like i'm personally not worried uh brandon i i kind of lost some of your thought there can you sorry say more of what you were saying i think it's too much i think it's it's cool to do i think it's cool to do a superman movie like this i for your first superman movie he's already says it's not an origin story 
that's cool. This world of Superman already exists. We saw Blue Beetle. If that does take place in this world, then Blue, then he does exist in this world already. Um, I, I just feel personally, I have never gotten a Superman movie since the 60s, since the 70s, right? And I've always gotten like kind of Superman movies, mostly a good casting, but bad movies in general. And so like, I'm here, like, I'm really excited for a James Gunn Superman movie. I trust James Gunn implicitly. I love all of his movies. I'm happy with whatever he does. We have gotten to the point now where I'm like, it, I I understand. I, I don't know what this movie is clearly um, because I'm not writing the movie, but it's still for me. I'm like, I just wanted a Superman movie. I just wanted a movie starring Superman with his supporting cast fighting Lex Luthor, maybe fighting Brainiac even. Uh, that's the movie I wanted. And what I'm getting could still be good. I'm not I'm not against this at all. It's just kind of tweaking me going like, I, I just wanted a Superman movie. No, I you're I'm actually more you're not. Oh, sorry, Ben. Can I ask Brandon a question? Yeah, yeah. Go for it. Um, you you don't like Superman Returns, right? Uh, Superman Returns is fine. I like Brandon Routh a lot. I don't really sure. like Superman Returns though. Sure. Okay. Um, I think Ben, say what you were gonna say, and then I'll I'll say what I was right. gonna say. No, I was gonna say I'm also kind of in Brandon's camp. Um, whereas I, I do like because I was like uh, going through as well. I. I am happy to see the other Justice League characters in here, but also I'm I feel the same way Brandon does. Whereas I'm not mad they're going to be there. I'm not upset about it. I'm just a little I don't want to say concerned, but I kind of am because I also want this to be a soul Superman movie because we haven't gotten a soul Superman movie since Man of Steel, really. And I want a Superman movie before we bring Superman into all the other other big stuff and all the other team ups, uh, team up movies. Not to, but not to say that I, I'm. I, I feel like I'm just I'm ranting or I'm, I'm cycling going in around. Circles. Yeah, going in circles because I, as much as I want this, as much as I trust James Gunn, and I'm just looking back on his other films, like his biggest ensemble film, I want to say being the Suicide Squad, because mm-hmm. James Gunn can handle, like Brian said, James Gunn can James Gunn can handle crowds very well. He can handle ensembles very well. And you get the cert- and you get a really great story with a great ensemble cast, and I'm looking forward to it. I I, <laughs> it's weird to say I have my trust completely in James Gunn's writing and directing this movie, but also I want a soul Superman movie. Yeah, but I'm also really no, glad that, we're not getting an origin story again. That's one thing no, I'm actually exactly very it. happy about. That's exactly it because like obviously I do I do trust James Gunn. I'm sure this movie will be great. But on the other hand, I also wanted to su- just this plain Superman movie. So like it's kind of a weird place to be in of like, yeah, I trust the movie I'm going to get, but also I wanted, I would have rather had this, but like, I can't know that because the thing isn't out yet. So it's a weird kind of headspace to be in. If, uh, it, oh. Go ahead, Ben. Sorry. It, it, just one more really dumb thing that I wanted to mention. Um, when they announced like the, the supposed date when this movie comes out, comes out, which is uh, 2025, the way they announced it, if they announced it in like the old style comic book logo, yeah, like, cool. you know, worth a, I I love that and I don't know why but seeing the the logo like that gave me a sense of we're going back to I don't want to say we're going back to obviously we can't go back to a Christopher Reeve Superman we can never do that but we're going back I feel we're going back to a Superman who is much more optimistic 
then mm-hmm. I don't get me wrong. I loved Henry Cavill's Superman. I think he played a great Superman, but we're going to the more, more, more smiling Superman where Superman is like, he comes down and is like, Hey, I'm here to help. What do you need me to do? And it's not like the dark gritty one. Um, my, my take on this, I think is, um, I think there's a lot of factors at, at play for this. Um, I'll respond to what Ben was just saying very specifically uh, with the, the optimism. I think the point and purpose of a lot of this is we are going to get that Superman, but he has to be in contrast. I think mm-hmm. James Gunn's probably trying to tell a story that's very much like, there's the kind of kind of throwaway, it's not really a throwaway, but kind of throwaway line about, what it means for Captain America to, to put on the costume he's going to put on in the Avengers when he's talking with Coulson. We need a bit of that old fashioned right now. Mm-hmm. And that's a nice line. It's not really relevant actually in the story of Avengers, um, nor is it really relevant in the MCU that that's what he represents. Like there's no, there's no actual subject matter that tackles that concept. Um, but I think this is the, that's what this movie is. Um, as Ryan was alluding to with the authority and position and these other characters, it's, it's the purpose is what does Superman how does Superman enter the scene and change everything um, and by being who he is? And I do think that's the relevance of it. So you have all these other pieces set up around because Superman has to be entering in, in contrast and in that uh, element of change to what the pre-existing order has been. Um, I hear you guys. I, I also would enjoy like a, a solid, like just Superman focused movie. And I do think like, this isn't his fault uh, necessarily, but like the purpose of this is to build a more cohesive, connected universe, something that DC hasn't pulled off and really didn't set out to do the last time. And I think that a lot of this casting stuff, you know, we don't know all of these characters, how much they're going to be in the movie, how much we're going to see them, that kind of thing. They're being cast because they're also appearing in other things that are currently also in pre-production. So, like, these are the people who are being cast because they're going to show up in these other projects as well. Mm-hmm. So, we it can seem crowded. I really don't think so many of these are going to overstuff the film as much as the casting makes us think. Yeah, It's just mm-hmm. making sure that the world feels like it's full of the people you're going to see show up in other places as well right off the bat. But I think mm-hmm. Gunn's focus is on because I'm giving you this world of fully fleshed out. These are strong performers. You know, these characters have a standing. These are actors who are going to be able to show up in only a single scene, but give you a lot of character. So you understand what the template is that Superman's walking into, but it is still going to be about Superman and Superman changing the landscape of what it is. And I also real quick before you jump in, Brandon, I I do think that it's also a response to the general audience response to Superman, which is unfortunately not where we are. Yep. Not where the three of us are expressing. A lot of people don't want solo Superman story right now. And I think it's because they've been bogged down by what Zack Snyder did. There's a whole generation of kids that grew up with that Superman. They're not interested in that Superman yep. movie. So that's not a drawing appeal. And I think this is a very smart step for Gunn in terms of building a universe 100%. to give you a different taste of Superman, something that is more full of other stuff. So it's not riding on the back of Superman, putting that weight of expectation on all those people who are are put off of it. So that the next time we get Superman, that will be a Superman. Like this is a super, I honestly, I suspect a Superman and Supergirl movie. I think we're going to get the Supergirl uh, story that they're doing. The the next thing that's going to happen 
is the two of them being together for something. Um, go I, ahead, Brent. Well, I get what you're saying, and I don't disagree with you at all. And again, again, as I've mentioned before, I trust James Gunn. I love all of his movies. I'm very happy that I'm very happy that he's doing a Superman movie. Um, my my question to you, though, is this idea that Superman is walking into a cynical world and changing it. Didn't we do this twice already with Superman Returns and Man of Steel? Admittedly, both not done well, but that is kind of the general conceit of both those films, that the world that he is entering is a much more cynical world than he is going to leave it. And I think Man of Steel does it worse than Superman Returns, but even Superman Returns doesn't do it quite as well because it's not that great of a movie. It's honestly a little boring. Um, and so like, I'm, I just question, like, we're doing that again again and admittedly we could do it the right time this way but like do we really want to see them do that kind of okay this world is cynical here comes superman how is this better rather than just us living in a world where superman is already has already impacted that world well in context to like the Zack snyder stuff the answer there was the world is cynical so superman's going to be a little cynical too right. so that's not the story that they were telling there but, but I, that's I know more, I, that's what he wanted to say I know what you're, I know what you're getting at. Um, I think the the difference is we're we're being given superheroes, people who are in his position, not behaving the way he behaves. So so in that 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 is the difference is that he's the breath of fresh air because there are already these other superheroes in the world who aren't like him, and he's going to step in and rise to the top because everyone's going to be like, oh, you know what? We actually should have been more like him. Uh, sure. I like the way he does it better. And I, I do think that's different because again, like what, what you're saying, Brandon, I, I think is true about like the grander idea of what those previous movies were supposed to be. But it again, kind of the same as what I was saying about the Captain America thing. The movie's not really about telling that story, nor is any story in those universes ever been about telling the story of like, what does it mean to say like having this nice, uh, more Farm optimistic... Boy guy in the center of all this actually mean it's not the weight of the movie i actually think that might be the weight of this movie right the other thing the other thing is that i i'm sorry to question the wisdom of james gunn here uh but like the thing is like and i don't mean that sarcastically like genuinely um but like we're if he is introducing all these characters to be to shoot off into other movies and shows like we know that there's all these things i don't understand why guy gardner is in this movie if hal jordan and john stewart are the stars of that green lantern show sure so like that's the question in my head of like well if we are introducing all these people why aren't you introducing hal jordan to spin off into that thing if you're all if you're introducing these guys to a spin off where yeah, yeah. why is this guy gardner he's the jerkiest of the green lanterns well and i i think that i i think that like there, there is something a little, I uh, obviously I don't know. Uh, uh, I like, don't either. He's he's got his own story reasons for doing it, but I do kind of like that we're not being given like the A list or title characters. Yes, yes, that uh, who are going to show up in other places. You know, um, that they are going to appear in other projects, but they're not they're not the headliner. Because um, I think that pulls focus, and I also think like. DC in particular has run that idea into the ground. I mean, Wonder Woman cameoed in three movies in the past <laughs> few years. Yep. Uh, and like it acted like that was a big deal. And it's like it 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 like lost its 
it lost its resonance every time. So like story-wise, I can't tell you. I have no clue. Like, why is a guy Gardner here? But I think in like a, a building the universe um, purpose, I think uh, Guy Gardner introduces the concept of Green Lanterns. But you're being given um, a him taste. as a backdoor to different headlining stars rather than um, feeling like you have to set up Hal Jordan here and here's the things he says. And at the end, this is why Hal Jordan goes to XYZ show. You don't have to do that kind of storytelling that we've done in cinematic universes up to this point. Um, I think it leaves the threads more spread out and cleaner rather than trying to be so tight to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it, I think, I think it leaves the universe more flexibility mm-hmm. uh, to not be the headlining characters because if something if they're in production on the other show and the superman movies far enough along and they realize they really got changed something up with hal jordan they can just do it it doesn't matter in how it relates to the superman movie the superman movie has guy gardner so they don't have to worry about oh shit is this still character consistent blah 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 um and it leaves them room to like figure out what's working in that project or what's not working without worrying about the project before right well, let's talk about those individual castings uh, in general, then. Sure. Um, is Nicholas Holt, I think, is a great choice for Lex. Oh, yeah. He I... can't be Batman, can't be Superman. He can be a Lex Luthor. We'll go with Lex Luthor. Uh, I don't know. Could someone correct me if I'm wrong, but what, what movie is Nicholas Holt a villain in? The Menu, uh, The Gift, um, uh, not uh, maybe Renfield, kind of. I mean... No, I don't know. no. I mean, he was a villain in his past, but he's no, disgusting he's in the gift in the menu. He doesn't even like being the villain in Renfield. I wouldn't throw that one in. I'm just, I'm just. Okay, but the, so the, the I menu, I think, is. I but like, I also like actors are actors, so like, I don't need them to like. What villain have you been before? To you know, someone summed it up very well that I think is very accurate of Nicholas Holt without having seen these performances. Um, but they held up um, the the show he does with again. Thank you. The gift and uh, the menu and the menu. And uh, they said, like, the main thing that his character revolves around in those things is a sense of inadequacy. And that's and imposing that on other people as like virtuous, like trying to be better than other people. Right. And that's Mm. Lex Luthor. Um, The great uh, the great on uh, Hulu. Thank you. The gift wasn't wasn't clicking for me. That's why it wasn't clicking for me either. But I'm like something with a G. (laughs) The great. Yes. It's those two projects that that people have been pointing to as like good reasons for why he's cast as Lex Luthor. And I haven't watched them. So I can't I can't weigh in on that. Um, I I trust that he's probably going to be a pretty good Lex Luthor. My immediate thing is I'm getting Jesse Eisenberg flashbacks. Um, a little bit. That's me. <laughs> uh, a little bit. Yeah. I I understand. I also think Jesse Eisenberg would have been a good like traditional Lex Luthor. I but he chose to go the the Riddler the route. route. Yeah, the Mark uh, auditioned to be the Riddler, and he just kept being the Riddler. We yeah. talked about that. Yeah. Um. So like, but like, just like, I think Nicholas Holt has the potential, much like Jesse Eisenberg, to be the 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 that the the Lex Luthor we saw in Batman v Superman and the more traditional Lex Luthor or like a combination of of the two um he's that I think he's that good of an actor um so I B 
because of what we've seen of like this just the casting of the core superman supporting cast um i believe that we're probably going to be more in line with the traditional but yeah sparks i had the same thing of like that little i could see it going the jesse eisenberg route and i'm not crazy about that uh but obviously i don't believe it will um yeah i, I for no other reason than like that was the last Lex Luthor and, and no, nobody wants that nobody recreated. Wants that. <laughs> so like, yeah, I, I think Holt's, I think Holt's probably going to be pretty good. Like uh, yeah. I, it wouldn't have been my, I I think in my head, I'd been leaning towards someone older than like, like older, another decade up from where Holt is. Yeah. Um, I, I couldn't really tell you why. Um, that's just where my head was. I think I like, early superman stuff where there's a sense of like old hating the young to sure. lex luther yeah and i kind i kind of wanted that back it's one of the things i like about kevin spacey in, in superman returns is is not to you know he's a shitty person but um but in the context of like that performance there's this and even going back to like the christopher reeve and um Gene Hackman. Oh, Gene Hackman stuff. There's this sense of like the youth coming in and and the that that also playing into that sense of this inadequacy and all that kind of stuff. I know better what Lex Luthor represents at that core idea. But for like more modern stuff of what Lex Luthor has done, I, I think Holt's a good idea. Also, yeah. that Gene Hackman Lex Luthor is often really fucking goofy. So like there's there are ways to incorporate all the Lex Luthor's where he's not just strict businessman. Yes. Like he he is a character of multitudes. Yeah. Of course, the one Lex Luthor that I cling to is Clancy Brown's Lex Luthor from Superman the Animated Series. Oh, absolutely. Just, I mean, which I, that's for me that's just nostalgia because yeah, the um the Gene Hackman slash uh, Kevin Spacey Lex Luthor I do like those Lex Luthers a whole lot. Um, but there's just something more menacing about Clancy Brown businessman Lex Luthor. Yeah, sure. And I was definitely missing that from the Jesse from the Jesse. Yeah, Jesse Eisenberg's before. I almost I thought I got his name mixed up with Mark freaking Zuckerberg. I see Zuckerberg. <laughs> yeah, I almost called, I was like, no, his real name. No, his real name's not Mark Zuckerberg. He's Jesse Eisenberg. Who? Yeah. Anyways, um, the reason why I asked uh, what kind of movies the uh, where Nicholas Holt played a villain in is mostly so I could just like make a mental list in case I have I have seen parts of episodes of The Great where he is in it. I do like him in that show. Um, I haven't seen the menu yet, but I want to because it's menus food. He's revolting yeah. in it. That's why I'm not. I am. I'm not worried okay. about this whatsoever. Yeah. Um. When we we got the initial announcement that he was cast as Lex Luthor. I was like, okay, cool. I I want to see him. What kind of Lex Luthor he plays? I. Don't know, it's just because I'm just too burnt out on the Jesse Eisenberg Lex Luthor that I want a more grounded, but I do like what Sparks was saying about the old versus the young, but also something I hope for is the one of the reasons why Lex hates Superman so much is because Superman isn't human, Lex is, and Lex is essentially trying to prove to Superman that humans could do what he can do, but better. Yeah. Is and that of course Eisen real quickly, is Eisenberg in the Snyder cut of Justice League? Yep. Yes. It, yes. 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 Because he's in the yes. he's in the Whedon cut. He's in which it. is what I'm curious. Very, about. very briefly, if anything, I don't remember much of him. So he's in jail. Why I, he's in jail. Oh, okay. So the reason why I bring that up is because, like, it's it's <laughs> it's so wild to me that like the two theatrically released really uh, of of Eisenberg as uh as lex luther one is where he's the riddler and then one where he's traditional businessman because whedon had him do the suit and the on the yacht with all that 
And I find that so interesting that like his portrayal in Batman v Superman was so damaging to uh it was so damaging to that everyone's just kind of like no absolutely not we're gonna form no more a of our own with deathstroke and i think i think the problem is and i and i do think gun won't do this is that mm-hmm. i i don't mind an idea of like wanting to make lex luther work in the co- i think the the misguidedness was i understand it um make him like the tech bros of today yeah and yeah. like i get where that comes from Lex just isn't that character. Lex Lex is the guy who would hire those guys, right? But or, or use those guys. But he's not that guy. Um, yeah. There are other DC characters that can be contemporized into the tech bro model, and I just don't think Lex is one of them. There's too many things that are the tech bro guys that that do suck. The 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 Musks and the the there's there are things about them that's like ultimately like a lot of them are are the stupid with money thing right yeah yeah uh and like that's not lex uh lex is too shrewd to be one of the tech bro mentality so you can't like put a square into a circle kind of thing on that one uh i think that's that's the main thing and as long as that's not what i think that's where eisenberg's thing really goes wrong is trying to emulate the tech bro stuff uh because they're they're a character type they're they're a people in our world that are a type of person and none of them are lex luther none of them are lex luther you know hackman played such a such a fun and goofy lex because you know those movies are are very much based off the silver age uh, uh not the silver age the the golden age superman a little bit of the silver age but mostly playing in the silver age space of um because like not really anyone but Chris Reeve was taking that movie seriously, right? Like it was very much like this is a goofy superhero movie. And and Gene Hackman at the time, even at the time, was like, I'm too good for this. This is a pool paycheck. Um, so like it it's so like he's very much like playing playing up that like camp and he's fun in it. He's great. Don't get me wrong, Hackman's great as Lex. Um, I even like Spacey, and Spacey is um also kind of playing into that Gene Hackman camp campiness, but he's still but you even see the the change coming in, in with Spacey, right? Because Spacey is now, uh, when when boy Brian, I was Brian Singer directed that movie. That movie's it's a good thing Brandon Routh has Crisis on Infinite Earths. Um, <laughs> um, but like you know, you see like we're already seeing the more modern age Lex Luthor coming into the Spacey Lex, even though he's supposed to be kind of the the spiritual successor of Hackman. So like we've been living with the Clancy Brown Lex Luthor, right? Like Le- Clancy Brown with Lex Luthor is the modern interpretation of Lex Luthor. He is very, that's very much who the character has been in the comics for many, many years. Um, and so like, we're seeing like that we saw that kind of like seep in. So I want to see what I would like to see with Nicholas Holt, who I love as an actor, I think is a great villain of the great. And I love the menu. Cause I want to see his character in the menu and Hank McCoy. And I want to see that kind of, character and that's the lex i want to see him play and i i think he yeah. will i think that's kind of the idea that they're going for um yeah so i'm i'm happy with his, his his casting yeah and i mean like you know in the same breath that we're saying like there's eisenberg there i'm like there's also rosenbaum like absolutely and, and yeah, Rose, yeah, yeah. where rosenbaum ends up with lex is is a solid point of reference of of like a younger contemporary lex that yeah. really works um and credit where credit's due like i think john crier also 
is maybe part of the reason why I I was kind of leaning that older idea. Yeah. Because there was something I really liked about what John Cryer was doing with Lex. But I don't need Nicholas Holt to be doing what John Cryer was doing. Yeah, I think I think for this specifically, I want them I not me. Uh James Gunn wants them to be more contemporary. So it is like two, like kind of like two, like we're both young men who are trying to save the world, but one of them is just a straight up asshole. Yeah. yeah. And like, why won't anyone like me? I'm doing everything you're doing, but right. better. Right. And like I I I agree with like the old thing, but I think for this version, having them be contemporaries like makes sense. Well, and also like to be honest, I think that there's unless you were doing a dad something, which you could. Um, I I think some of the purposes like the, they do want a long universe. That's what exactly. they're hoping for, and like yeah. you need a Lex that's going to stick around for that. And, yeah. And so you're not gonna you're not gonna get Tom Hanks as much as I think that would be incredible. Yeah. Like that's <laughs> just not what's gonna happen. Absolutely. Although everyone be Lionel. Remember when everyone was, oh my God, Tom Hanks is Lionel Luther. Hell yeah. Bring back Lionel Luther in a prominent role. Um, I, I remember when Eisenberg, uh, like everyone hated him after Batman v Superman. Like what they should do is they should bring in Brian Cranston as his dad, as Lex Luthor Sr. Right. <laughs> That's how we recall that. Actor, a bad, a bad man, bald actor. Let's just get the guy who, who did that for five hey, years. No, no, no shade. Brian Cranston would have been a great Lex Luthor. No, it's true. It's just it's 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 really lateral casting. I only I only I only pull Tom Hanks because Tom Hanks has been saying for years that he wants to do one of these Mm -hmm. superhero supervillain movies, but he wants to be one of the main characters. He doesn't want to be some side white person. He wants to be one of the main things. I'm like, I mean, Lex Luthor, that would be like you get butts and seats for Tom Hanks as Lex Luthor. Yeah. (laughs) Tom Hanks as Perry White? He wouldn't do it. He won't do it. That's the thing. He won't do it. That's good though. Um, I don't know anything about uh, Sarah, uh, Sarah Sampeo, but it's nice to see Tess, uh, Tess Mocker be in the series in, yeah. in the movie. Miss Tess Mocker. It's not Mercy Graves, but I'll take it. Mm-hmm. No, Mercy Graves blew up with the piss jar. Uh... Yes. Grand Granny's Granny's peach tea. Uh... Um, still... what, what what do we think about Skylar Gizondo as as Jimmy? Um, uh, I think it is the most perfect casting it may be ever in for, for a combo character. Uh, uh, personal stuff aside, uh, 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 he's literally like the, been, he's like the fan cast for Jimmy Olsen for like the last couple of years. He's in Righteous Gemstones, a, a show we love. He has such young, exuberant energy. Like he really is like, of all this casting, like even more than Superman himself, this dude like radiates Jimmy Olsen. Um, I got Jimmy Superman's best pal, Jimmy Olsen, the funniest book DC has ever come out with. So if like he's really popping and people love him, I can see him getting an HBO series that's based off that book. Uh, that's really exciting. I think he's I think he's tremendous. Um, I, uh, this all mo- all this casting, like I am I am over the moon for it to be honest. Yeah, I really I can't think of anybody else if you're doing Jimmy Olsen. Red haired freckles, that dude is Jimmy Olsen. Who captures Jimmy mm-hmm. Olsen more than than Skylar could? Like, he's got a, gosh golly wow, like so our so contemporary well. actors, and I think his age range com- comparative to um where superman and, and he's younger. are yeah, he's i think it's gonna i i i think he's actually a lot closer to them but he can play younger that's true um, <laughs> he looks young enough yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but but he's he it's it's that youthful energy um that i don't know that we've ever had in jimmy in in live action to be honest with you batman um, v superman again uh, no <laughs> No. I just saw you know the life drain from your uh, eyes. You know what's funny? The actor, the actor who plays his mom on Righteous Gemstones was Eve Tessmacher on Smallville. That's cute. That's great. That is great. Um, yeah, I think I think he's got that. He's got that uh, twinkle in the eye for Jimmy. Yeah, that just works. Yeah. There, uh, 
Corn Sweat and Skylar uh, Gizondo are um, three years apart. Um, okay. But if you if you look at their pictures, like it looks like uh, a, an adult standing next to a teenager. Yeah, Skylar's Skylar's been a teenager, been able to play a teenager for like, like a, a decade. decade. It and also helps that he's like he's he's a he's a small man. Yeah. Um. I uh, my fan cast was never going to happen. So like, I'm really happy with this. I think it's great. I think it's perfect. I really wanted Sophia Lillis. Um, as a gender swap, as a as a gender swap, um, Jimmy Olsen, that was never, ever, ever, ever gonna happen. But so I'm 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 happy with this though. This is great. That is that um, is that is really good casting. If it, if we're gonna do it, it is pretty good casting. Then, like if they were gonna you do have it, no yeah. idea who we're talking about, right? Yeah, I looked him up. I actually looked him up, and I was like, oh, so I because I recognize him from Santa Clarita Diet. Oh sure. Oh yeah, yeah. right, yeah. he yeah. is yeah. in that. God, yeah. he's in everything, guys. He we. <laughs> He's he's he's, he's had a great career. Yeah, um, I think he's. I mean, just he's perfect as Jimmy Olsen. I am so ready to actually have Jimmy Olsen in a Superman movie, <laughs> and Superman not just like out. yeah, because like when when Brandon mentioned BVS, and I'm like, uh, who played Superman? James Olsen, whatever. Who played Superman? Who played Jimmy in Return Superman Returns? That one oh. guy who was in a lot of popular things in the 2010s, and he's like a young skinny lad. He was fine. He was okay. Yeah. And also, you're forgetting Jimmy Olsen, not James Olsen from Smallville. When James Olsen yeah. died, and then his younger brother Jimmy was handed the camera. I'm not. I'm not forgetting him. I it deliberately didn't bring it up. <laughs> what are the Sam Ashmore twins? Hunting Sam Huntington. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. He was okay. It was pretty good, Jimmy. He looked like he looked the part. Um, okay. Uh yeah. Um, what are the dare I ask what the personal politics that you mentioned were, Ryan? Uh, it involves Palestine. Hmm. Oh yeah. Skylar Gazondo is very, very pro Israel. Very pro Israel. Yep. Hmm. Um uh, you didn't mention anything about this, but I do want to I did want to mention uh, on your behalf the Muppets Mayhem was canceled. Yeah, I did. Well, you know, um, to be honest with you, I, I haven't finished the season yet. I want to. Um, I never expected it to get more than a single season. Mm -hmm. And from everything that I understand from everybody else, they kind of put a lot into the first season without they, they had ideas for another, but they never I don't think anybody expected it. Um, and I think that's fine. I think I think Electric Mayhem can just be like a one season show and that's OK. Um I didn't think that was going to be the saving grace of the Muppets. I didn't think that was going to get enough attention. Um, looking, I personally went into it considering it was probably a limited series. So this isn't shocking to me. Um, I didn't expect anybody to show up for Electric Mayhem to begin with, really, let alone uh, a second season. Sure. So I, I think like the path forward for the Muppets is is limited series. If you're doing it like you're doing a one off or or bringing the Muppets back in full proper. But um, I still think it's cool. Like, uh, as people have pointed out, like, they made something really special. I think that they've done a good job. The the comedy is there. It's really cool to have one thing that does focus on the band. They have a whole album that they made with the Electric Mayhem that is out um, with guest musical artists Spotify. that showed up throughout the season. Like, that's a I consider that a win. The fact that the show got to be made at all, I think, and a lot of the people at Muppets team seem to think is a win, regardless of this. Yeah. Too bad Disney doesn't know what to do with the Muppets. I mean, um, that's so true. But like, and that's the thing is like, 
they've they haven't known what to, what to do with the Muppets for a while. So like, even if this experiment didn't like take off, this was still a better idea than they've had for a while. It's true. So, um, man, what was the other thing you wanted to bring up? Oh, uh, me or or Dave Sparks? But ben. ben, I said Ben. Oh yeah, Dave Filoni. Yeah. Dave Filoni. Oh, the Filoni thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, 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 right. It's at the title of the episode. <laughs> You're right. You're right. I did write that 40 minutes ago. Um, yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Yeah. What's um, the name? So I, I want to quote one of my favorite Star Wars creators on TikTok who runs an account called The Church of Star Wars. It's, and he's like, praise me, Filoni. This is the way. Um, hmm. I would say, I think, I think it's about time that Dave Filoni was promoted to chief creative officer of, um, of Lucasfilm. And I'm excited, personally. I am very, very excited. And I also just wanted to be on the record that I, I am definitely not in the camp of down with Kathleen Kennedy because, you know, she's an executive producer. She's the one who just makes sure all the projects get money. Why people give that woman hate, I don't know. Because as far as I'm aware, she just says, here's money, do the thing. I know. I know. Ooh, pick me. I know. Brandon, give me the answer, please. Sexism. So, yep. yeah. Yeah. Ten what what do I get? Brandon Door. Yay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but looking at Filoni's track record, I mean, I watching Rebels before watching Ahsoka, Rebels was fantastic. Ahsoka I really enjoyed, especially the last the last few episodes. Um even like the pits the the pits, the bits of episodes of Cold Wars I have seen. And I'm I'm really excited. I am looking forward to Filoni being, you know, the creative head. He's he knows what he's doing. He obviously, he obviously loves Star Wars so much. I, I, I am optimistic. I want to be a little bit cautiously optimistic because I feel there have been a few times where other big name creators or or big name producers and story heads have risen to a higher uh, part of the company and things never worked out. I feel like that happened with Jeff Johns at DC a few times. Or other other people like that, but at the same time, I don't feel. I mean, I, yes, I'm like woohoo, let's go, but I'm also not in the let's go. Star Wars is saved, you know, because I don't think Star Wars ever needed to be saving. I feel like Star Wars is still good. There are just now that we have a big a person whose track record with story, with good story and good character moments, is at the head is at the head of the creative side. Star Wars can just go any is going to go nowhere but up. You are right. I don't know if there's anyone who loves Star Wars more than Dave Filoni. Uh, I'd rather have him than someone who's not as passionate about the project. I'm just mm-hmm. totally kind of indifferent to it because it feels like he's kind of already been that person to me. Well, I, <laughs> yeah. I thought he was. Yeah, I thought yeah, he was I assumed, already that person. Yeah, so like, well, I, I knew he wasn't because this was one of the things is that, um, and some people have pointed out, like, there's a fear that a project like Andor wouldn't be what it would be if Dave Filoni had been in this position before. And I don't, I don't know how accurate that is. But I do think this is one of those things where I go back to like when we were talking about the sequel trilogy, it bothers me that Filoni wasn't in this position at the time because mm-hmm. the the inconsistency across the story, that's like what this role is for. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Filoni wouldn't have let it become a, a inconsistent mess. Right. Skywalker wouldn't have happened. Like right. That. Like it, it just it just wouldn't have gone that way because he would have been there to shepherd in like, no, you said this. That means that this has to matter in the you can't just like backtrack on this. Yeah. Um, so it's it's kind of a like to me, it's not a too little too late, but it's definitely a little late. 
um, <laughs> to the game is, is that I think that Star Wars is me at this point. And I'll even say, like, I think Ahsoka would have been in a better place, ultimately, if this were the position he was in instead of the head writer yeah, um, and showrunner. Because I do think, like, he'll still write episodes and he'll still probably, like, he's going to direct his movie and all that. But I think that a lot more is going to get deferred down with him being a guiding hand instead of the person who's architecting every bit of something. And I think that that's something that Ahsoka needed because I think Filoni got too lost in the weeds on that one. Yeah. Um, just because he had no one else with him in, in the writing space to bounce ideas off of. And that could be we know that that might not entirely be his fault because like he might not have had the budget or the allowance to get a writing room with him. Uh, for that show so i'm not gonna pin that all on him but i do think like him moving back into this position is better for the health of all star wars projects because they need this a person with a mind like his yeah. to shepherd uh, uh projects through and i i i've seen some people like afraid that um there's not going to be any more room for like really departing from the tone of star wars something something like andor um but I don't think that's so true because like it's already been happening in Mandalorian and book of Boba Fett where we've gotten things that are, that are shifting pretty far out. Skeleton crew is still coming up. That's different. Yeah. So I, I'm really not stressed about that idea of it. I, I think it's ultimately better that Filoni is in this position because I think this is more what he's made for. Not that he should never write anything again. I think he should, when he's got the passion and the lineup for it, like he should jump in and do it. But um, definitely he shouldn't be like soloing out there on a series or something like that. Much like George Lucas, sorry, real quick, much like George Lucas, I don't want George Lucas to be writing and directing everything, but he is the ideas man. And he's really good yeah. at getting all those ideas. Like when he was understands like, the themes of understand, exactly. So like I'm yes. I'm I'm perfectly happy with this. When um real quickly, Ben, um Filoni when you look at Filoni's track record, the things that he's done well, he's gotten a lot of credit for for a lot of writers. Um, you look at like Rebels, Clone Wars; those aren't solely him. Uh, mm -hmm. Clone Wars was very much him and Lucas and everyone in the writers' room developing. Rebels was him and everyone in the writers' room developing. And one of the issues that we ran into with Ahsoka is that. It was just him. He's the only writer on the, at least the only credited writer on that series. And it's, and that, I think Sparks is absolutely right. Like putting him once again in this position to be like, I'm the, I'm telling you here, we, you know, that kind of like Kevin Feige position that people always talk about that Star Wars needed. I don't necessarily agree that it needed, but I think like that person to be like, uh, a and B and then you know kind of like helping the the story along and like forming the story and like shaping it and 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 but like um delegating it to other people allowing other people to bring their ideas allowing them Star Wars had a story group uh during this during the sequel trilogy that JJ flat ignored when he was doing Rise of Skywalker and it was disbanded so like Star Wars has tried doing something like this before and Filoni was the person that it needed to be at that time. And so Sparks, I also agree with Sparks that like a little too, a little too late, but I'm glad that Filoni is now kind of here uh, doing it now. Importantly, yeah. it also puts him in that position, which he's been doing this whole time, but he's, he's the guy who like, Brandon's right. Like there's a lot of people who, who are doing the things that we, that make us love a lot of these projects so much inside of Rebels and like there's other writers and stuff and all that. But um, because of Filoni, where 
Filoni's gotten over the years, his position and his knowledge of the themes of Star Wars, he is the person who gets to go and advocate for this is why we should have this. And I think to, this is now just like, he doesn't have to advocate to anybody. He gets to just say like, yes, you're right. Uh, we're doing mm -hmm. this in Star Wars. Instead of having to kind of take it up the ladder and say like, I'm telling you this is important. Right. Um, or that yeah. we need to do this. And he has I a respectful knowledge for like what's being fostered and created, whether that's on the comic side, like he's very aware of everything that's going on with the like um, the High Republic era and mm -hmm. uh, finding ways to incorporate and care about that on the other media side. Um, you you want someone in that position. Yeah. Frankly, like with what Star Wars is doing right now, you want somebody in that position. So it, it should be Filoni and it makes sense. Um, because yeah. it's not just like, oh, he gets to unilaterally put everything down, but he does get to guide things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah, I was going to say that because now that Filoni is in this position, it, like Sparks was saying, it's a lot easier for him to greenlight or to get projects done. It's, he doesn't have to go up the ladder anymore. He doesn't have to fight for like a certain thing to, to get made or to get done. And I also want to say that while I do really enjoy Ahsoka, I think Filoni shines brightest when he is in a writer's room with a bunch of other people using Clone Wars and Rebels as the prime examples because those shows are well-written. And if I remember correctly, a lot of times when it does say written by Dave Filoni, it's followed by two or three other writers. And you know, you're actually not wrong about that. There are quite a few times where he's not the sole writer on a script or he's not the sole credited writer on a script. Um, now, there are quite a number of times where he is but yeah yes. there's there are times where he is the uh the the, the yeah. co-writer yeah but i do think with someone like filoni he is not afraid to work with people and i love that i love how he's not afraid to work with other writers he's not afraid to work with other creators and just like hey how can we make this better and or and he was also and I also feel that even if a project like andor if filoni was in charge when andor was made i'm pretty sure he would have given um uh ryan remind me who directed and created andor tony gilroy thank you he would have given tony gilroy was like look you have a great vision for this story do it um i still i feel like filoni has that eye when a creator comes to him it's like hey i have this i have this idea this story and he's there to like yeah go for it fire away this is amazing in the case of andor because andor was like the best star wars thing we've gotten in so long if it weren't if it were Favreau and Filoni have been attached as co-chief creative officers, I'd be concerned, but it's just be... Filoni. Um, yeah. I'm okay with it. Cause I think Favreau and Filoni have kind of like a yes man thing going on where they're just kind of like echo chambering and it could get yeah. lost and their kind of ideas just kind of get like, they just kind of get high on each other. But like yeah. Filoni is, as a singular creative, I, I trust more than, than this than is something. Filo. This is something I was going to say too, is that, you know, like we're 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 praising the decision and everything, but like Filoni's not perfect, and and mm. not everything he said or done with Star Wars do I agree with. Um, uh, like he, there there's definitely like pieces where I I think he's got the wrong idea about it or it doesn't work for me or or whatever. Um, I'd still rather someone with his passion and knowledge be in this position than anybody else. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. even if I don't agree with every decision he makes. Uh, and and that's that's i think a better place to be i'll tell you one thing i don't think kenobi would have been such a difficult project to get through if baloney had had any more direct involvement mm -hmm. uh overseeing it than he could have yeah uh at the time so this is the thing is like i think him pulling back into a position with with all the things they want to do with star wars him being able to be that guy who can make sure he's the seeing the big picture of it all uh and and helping keep it on track 
is a better position for Star Wars and a better position for him. Yeah. It's also going to be interesting. Now he's like, he's the Kevin Foggy of Star Wars. Is he still going to write and direct their big Mandoverse Star Wars movie? Which is probably yeah. yes, but that's very interesting. Like people of that caliber, like I don't know if he'll write it anymore. Yeah, this is one of the things. It's like I, I think he will, but I don't think he'll write it alone. Alone, as they were saying. Yeah. Um, they they have confirmed that, like, even though he's in this promotion, it, that is his thing to direct. But that being said, I don't think we see him direct anything else between here and there. Uh, now that he's going to be this creative officer on all the other stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't think we see him direct again until until he gets there. He'll still write the middle episode of the next episode, the next Mando. Yeah, he'll do some. He'll do some. We also we also got the note that they're they're actively, they seem to actively be developing Ahsoka season two. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'm sure he'll be like pretty heavily involved in overseeing that. I hope but so. that will have a writers' room now. We know yeah. it will for a fact. Mm -hmm. So like I don't think he's going to be as deep in the process on that one either. I wouldn't be yeah. surprised if he directs an episode there. I'll say that because I think that's still like him getting kind of his legs under him before he goes to a big budget film yeah mm -hmm. yeah i think he's i think what's interesting about this also is that we saw kind of what a chief creative officer promotion did to feige right it stretched him far too thin um the marvel brand of the marvel and marvel entertainment is a far bigger company with many many other things to concern themselves with than star wars than lucasfilm is yeah um and i i think that i think what we saw with like with with feige you know feige dropped the star wars movie he's not you know he's hired nate moore and and all the and has kind of like this we we learned from this uh from the mcu um book that he's got like a kind of a brain trust of producers that kind of took over his role post infinity saga um which nah, you know, debilitating returns, baby. Um, but like, uh, Filoni, because he's being the chief creative officer of of a, of a smaller company, relatively, um, it does seem like he has more room to do what James Gunn is doing. Right? James Gunn is running DC yeah. Studios, but also directing Superman Legacy. Um, yeah. Filoni is able to be the chief creative officer and do all these things and direct one episode of a TV show or direct a movie. He doesn't need to be as heavily involved in season two of Ahsoka as he was in season one. Um, uh, and, and I think, I think uh, Sparks is right on the money there. I think he'll probably get a co-writer for that Mando movie. Hmm. That makes so. sense. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one thing I do want to, I do want to mention about, because I earlier when we were talking about the new, how the news broke is how I am optimistic about it. I am, I really am optimistic about the future of Star Wars stories going forward because we were announced that we're getting a Ray Skywalker movie where she is uh, essentially rebuilding the Jedi Order. We're getting like the rise of the Jedi, like with the first Jedi. I am excited for all this deep lore stuff. And Filoni, he's very good with Star Wars lore. And I am really, really excited. Um, quite frankly, I'm I know I talked about how happy I was with Star Wars when I was watching Rebels and watching Ahsoka, you know, reignited my love of the, of the franchise because I'm not going to lie, Rise of Skywalker, it didn't completely sour it, but it was definitely one of those things that's like, I like two out of those three movies. And it's, I don't know if it's going to, if I'm going to have Attack of the Clone situation where when I first saw it, I hated it. And then 20 years down the line, I started like, you know what? Yeah, there's some good bits of that movie. Anything can um, happen. Anything can happen. Very true. But I am. I'm just I'm looking forward to it because the man knows story and he knows how to make good stories. Now, once again, like Spark said, 
he's not perfect. There are things about Star Wars that I know I probably don't agree about with with him. Um, but I'm more optimistic and I'm more excited than anything. And I also am totally fine with more Star Wars shows, films, whatever, coming out at a leisurely pace. I don't, what I don't want is just like, I'm pretty sure he's not going to do this either, but I don't want a constant shotgun stream of Star Wars content, just like more, 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 more. I am fine with once in a while, film. Once in a while, show on Disney+. Plus. Once in a while, another film. I am more than okay with a trickle of Star Wars, uh, Star Wars shows and films. As of right that now, I have. we have two shows coming out next year and no movies, so that's wanna, all I got to worry right. about. I, I, I want to rebuttal that a little bit, only to say like it is kind of a consistent stream of Star Wars. However, um, that is spread across all a lot of mediums because mm-hmm. something Star Wars is doing that that the MCU can't do or isn't doing, depending on how you look at it, is Star Wars has as I think you're alluding to, Ben, the, the films and live-action television shows, but there's animated shows, like The Bad yes, Batch, which have also been yes. coming out. There's uh, Or Tales of the Jedi. There's Visions. the the books and comics. Lots of them. Visions. Um, and uh, games, like Jedi Survivor and... Um, Outlaws. Outlaws. So... There's a lot of Star Wars. There's a lot of, there's a lot of Star mm-hmm. Wars, but I do think you are able to, like... It's more digestible because it's not... I'm watching eight live action television shows and three films or whatever like you're able to go to what stream you want when you feel like Mm -hmm. it but credit where credit's due there is a pretty consistent amount of star wars coming out every single year across all of these mediums it's just more diverse and spread out but but Mm -hmm. it is happening yeah when i was talking about that i wasn't even thinking about the games or the comic books and yeah those, those do what you do what you can but yeah, I, sh- I probably should have reiterated that when I say like Star Wars content, I mean like major films and major television shows that become like yeah, yeah. mark, like see, I don't, mark, I wanna, marquee events. But I don't think that like I get what you're saying, Ben. I'm, I don't want to discredit mm-hmm. your your opinion here or anything, but like I also don't think that what we've been getting as far as Star Wars shows has been overwhelming. I think the quality has been a problem. Um, mm-hmm. because, uh, especially when you look at like Obi-Wan and Mando season three and book of Boba Fett, like, yeah, those, those projects are exhausting. I think, I think um, the year, I think it w- was it last year. Yeah. Uh, with book of Boba Fett at the beginning of the year, Kenobi in the middle and Mando, Mando at the end that, yeah. that was a little like specifically because book of Boba Fett and Kenobi had their problems. And then, and then even the Mando season didn't come back as strong as we wanted it to. Like it, that was a little like. Whoa, <laughs> slow your roll. Second yeah. draft, and to, maybe? Be fair, and to be fair, if you were watching Bad Batch, Bad Batch season two also happened in the midst of that. So, like, it, it was a little like, oh, hold your horses yeah. a little bit and there. If, if I might, really quick, I also feel that because of the fan reactions to stuff like Mando, Book of Boba, or End of Mando season three, Boba Fett, Obi Wan, it soured people for when Andor came out after Mando season three, right? Andor came out after Obi-Wan. Oh my God, right. Andor was at the end of last year to Jesus Christ. Yeah, because I remember when I was at, because I will never forget when I was at work and I was talking to another big star, because people would come to me asking if Star Wars stuff is good. <laughs> I'm that yeah. guy at my at my job. And they're like, and they're like, hey, any good Star Wars stuff? I'm like, yeah, Andor. was like, I don't know. I've been, I was kind of, like, I remember vividly talking to this guy at work 
and he was saying that how burnt out he was by Obi Wan, and I'm like, watch and well, but what's so interesting about 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 that I, f- I find so fascinating is that you're absolutely right because like Book of Boba Fett is a is a is a is is a headlining show with a fan favorite character that has been a fan favorite for a long time, decades, oh, yeah. and. The, the show sucks, quite frankly. It's terrible. Um, and then you get Obi-Wan, which is a show that people have been wanting for not quite as long as both of it, but again, for decades. Like, we want to see Obi-Wan. We want to see Ewan McGregor back. We want to see the story. Great. Show's not great. So then you're telling people, okay, yeah, we know we did those two blunders of the shows that you were really excited about, but here's this show that you of a character that maybe you remember from Rogue One, but honestly probably don't. Uh, what is the... Here's this show, though, and this show is going to be the good one. That's a really hard sell than if mm-hmm. Boba Fett and, and Obi-Wan were like solid and great and like, hell yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. I want more Star Wars. Hell yeah, I'll give I'll give this no name character a chance. That was what that that more than anything uh, hurt Andor because Andor yeah. is the one that like you want to be like. Andor is the experiment. Andor is the one where it's like we're doing this because we have a passion for it, not because we want to sell a toy. So we're right. going to so we're going to hope that you like everything prior to this so that you'll give this a chance. Oh shit, you don't like anything? Crap, this is gonna bomb. And it's yeah, no fault and... of Andor. It's just the no, it's no. Just, that's just how that's just how TV people that's how trends are with the general audience. Yeah. Yeah. And I was con and like all four of us, of course, we were championing Andor when it was coming out. We were praising it as one of the best Star Wars things. It was like number two or number one on our best of the year last year. And it because it, it deserves it because Andor was that good of a television show and it was and it brought us into a side of Star Wars that frankly we hardly ever see. It was like definitely a more gritty, a more a, like people were were like couldn't they were, they were losing their minds. It's like oh my god, they say shit in Star Wars now. What is the world we're going into? It's like this is the Fight world of the espionage. Empire. Yeah, it's this is the world of espionage in a world yeah. where it's called Star Wars and we don't really get a lot of that. Yeah, hundred percent. And it's like, and it was fantastic. And I had to, and we had to tell our friends who were kind of like, eh, I don't want to watch the show about Andor. We we're like, for the love of God, watch it. Because when I finally convinced my work friend to watch the show, a few days later, he comes up to me. He's like, you were right. Andor was amazing. I'm like, told you. I don't know if Filoni could have fixed Book of Boba Fett. I do think he probably could have fixed Obi-Wan. Um, oh, yeah. But because he was part of the creative team of Boba Fett um, to an extent already so like we'll see but um i i hey andor season two coming out soon i saw that least teaser hell yeah hell yeah baby uh, um i think something that ben kind of uh talked about there too as well was um you know recognizing them recognizing what didn't work about a show um it's also important that it is a lot easier for them to turn the tiny yacht that is star wars uh and fix problems that have been showing up with the fan reaction than the massive cruise ship that is the mcu mm-hmm. um it's a lot easier for them to react to what's working for fans and what's not so i i do think like you'll see more okay okay so we Quality need to control. think about this we need to think about that xyz what did what what was happening here what's something that we're willing to stand on what's something that like maybe the fans are right mm-hmm. and i think uh i think we're gonna see some of that play in the star wars fairly quickly because the projects are more spread out and there's not yeah. as many to have to turn. Mm-hmm. And yeah. one other little thing about why I don't want to say I have Filoni. I want to say I'm putting all my trust and faith into Dave Filoni 
Um, but I do want to put some faith in him as a creator and as someone who loves this genre. He's, as far as I know, and this is going off from an interview clip that Sam Witwer did a long time ago. But Filoni is not afraid to say, oh, shit, you're right. I was wrong. And then go from and then work on a thing because there's a scene. You guys probably know the, what I'm talking about but for those who don't. Um, Filoni and Sam Witwer, they were in the, the room together. They were talking about how a scene during Clone Wars where Anakin was talking to um, his mom's ghost, essentially saying, hey, I met uh, I have a wife now. I want you to meet her. And then Sam's like, um, actually, Shmi met Padme in episode one. And then Dave's like, shit, you're right. Like, Filoni had this great thing. And then someone else came, comes in and it's like, actually, they actually, they did the an, an um actually moment, but it wasn't an, a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Filoni wasn't willing to. Filoni wasn't willing to die on the hill that he was right. Right, right. He knew, yeah. he, was, Not, he, knew he was wrong. No, he he knew he was wrong, but also what was like. Um, actually, it was it wasn't a um, uh, degrading. Thank, thank you. It wasn't a um actually moment. It was like, oh hey, actually that there was actually this moment in Star Wars Episode One. It's like, oh yeah, you're right. So then Filoni was able to essentially. Like Brandon was alluding to earlier, audio listeners, he was like turning the ship around. He's like, nope, nope, course correct, course correct. He's like, you're right. That's a, that's a big thing. He actually, she, me actually met Padme for a hot second. Okay, let's do something different then. He's not I afraid. Also, oh. Sorry, real quickly. Like, I also mm-hmm. think that like when you're talking about the tur- the turning of the ship, this kind of like, you know, I think Sparks is right about the, you know, the difference between the MCU as a cruise ship and a yacht. Um, but like, you know, turning a cruise ship, lot of effort you're going to take a lot of, you're going to you're going to take that turn's going to be wide that turn's going to be long cruise ship not quite i think uh also the issues that are plaguing star wars right now are not as dire uh frankly because there's not that there's not as many uh projects that need quote-unquote fixing a couple of uh, i mean the only issues that we've that we've cited when we watch the shows are like yeah a second draft on the script another writer in the writer's room those aren't is aren't fundamental issues there's not rot at the core of this thing that's going mm-hmm. to like crumble like i i think the mcu's dire is not the word but i think the mcu is in a, is a bit more dire straits um than 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 lucasfilm is because there's there there I, is a, a a massive creative overhaul that i believe needs to happen with the disney plus shows whereas lucasfilm just needs to hire a second writer or something i'll only rebuttal that a little bit in the sense that i think Mando season three and Ahsoka didn't do a lot of favors to like general audiences watching Star Wars mm-hmm, um, because right. everybody was pretty hype on the Mando verse and where it's going and like you're building up to this movie thing. Mando season three disappointed a lot of people for a mm-hmm. lot of different reasons, but like they felt like the show lost its way a bit. And then Ahsoka worked for some, but didn't work for everybody. And like, I can hardly blame the people who are like coming to it without knowledge of rebels and trying to get into it. And it's not working for them. Like that happens. Um, It's it. I I like the show more than I dislike it, but I understand a lot of general audience reaction where it's like, I just, it's too much to have to sift through. It's too much to try and connect to that. It's not working for them or they just don't feel up to it right now. And, and I do think that's a little bit of a steep, like, there's a lot of good stuff I think happening in Star Wars and what's on the horizon, but the, the but the center core right now feels like it's what's going on with the Mando stuff, Thrawn and Ahsoka, and that stuff didn't work so well for a lot of people this year. So I do think there is something of like you kind of got to win people back again now. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Sure. Yeah, we'll see. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. Um, uh, do you guys want to talk about the Aquaman trailer? 
Um, we ben, haven't had a chance to. to. Ben's a, Ben, you're about to bounce out. <clears throat> yeah. Do you want to weigh in on the Aquaman trailer or do you want to weigh in on, on the Scream 7 stuff? Um, I actually, I don't think I saw, I haven't seen the new Aquaman trailer. I thought we were, I saw the first one. I was like, oh shit, there's a new Aquaman trailer. I didn't really realize, realize that. Oh man. Um, I, yeah, I know. I, I, I'm failing as a, as a pick nerd. Um, no, you're good. For the, for the Scream 7 stuff, I only seen the headlines. I haven't really dove into the controversy and exactly what's going on. Um, I mean, it sucks because I really do like, um, the actress who, essentially took over Nev Campbell's role in the Scream franchise. I really enjoyed her in Scream, in Scream 5 and Scream 6. Um, Scream 6 was a fantastic movie. Um, it freaking sucks, especially... But once again, the whole conflict around that now, I do not have a lot of knowledge in. And for those people who do, who, who are talking, who are speaking up about it... Um, yeah, I, I don't know. That's, to me, that's just something that I don't i i don't really have opinions on and it's partially because i know i'm very ignorant in the subject and also i don't want to like say something really stupid because i do that sometimes oh i'm in the same um, boat yeah but as for aquaman from the trailer that i did see i'm looking forward to it it looks cool i'm like yay more aquaman and also i just like just i just love jason momoa as, as aquaman and he he created tiktok and he's like look i'm gonna be doing more stuff and he's having a it looks like he's having a lot of fun and there's there's like this really it's not part of the trailer but there's this really cool like behind the scenes moment where he's trying the tights on he and he's just having it looks like he's just having a grand old time he's like singing he's dancing around the the poor costumer is probably trying to make him the whole it's like hold still damn it but he's like no this is great these look great on me I, uh, I, I, we've heard a lot of not great things coming from the Aquaman of the Lost Kingdom, uh, production crews, uh, production screenings, uh, test screenings, things like that, um, had me worried and look, it could still be bad. It could be bad. It's a, it's a movie that could be bad. All movies could be bad, but I, the second trailer, uh, showcases everything that I loved from the first Aquaman film. We got a great Black Manta de design uh, with this awesome new trident. Um, mm -hmm. We got a giant monstrous sea turtle falling down this thing with like, and the CGI looks great. This like kind of like this like what I don't know what I don't know the name of like this dark king that used to control the, the Black Trident, but like this it looks kind of like a this kind of like wood thing uh, with the. He looks like driftwood. A little bit um yeah yeah actually yeah um it looks awesome like it just looks awesome i love the dynamic that we're seeing between patrick wilson and and jason momoa um i'm so excited for this movie i love that first aquaman movie it is my favorite dc movie um and i'm so stoked for the second one i really hope it's good i trust james wan i trust james wan um mm -hmm. i want it to be good i hope it's good and th this new yeah. trailer also says like this new trailer also says like it's the last stand. Obviously, Momoa's not going to be Aquaman after this. He'll probably be Lobo. But um, I'm so down. I'm so down. He's a better Lobo than Aquaman. Like no, he, I, I, I don't disagree. It's just it's just it, it's just funny. Like who carry who's going to carry over into what? Yeah, kind of yeah. Thing. Like yeah, yeah. Were you Aquaman? No. 
<laughs> Mommy. Uh, yeah, this trailer looks really fun. Like it's it's it looks exactly what Brandon said. Like it's giving me more of that first movie, which is like giant underwater nonsense in like the best yeah. like the best comic book way. And it's like fully powering up Black Manta, and it definitely looks like they're gonna kill that baby in this movie, which is really funny because <laughs> that's straight up the com the comic that this is what happened. Black Manta kills his whole family, and I, and Aquaman gets revenge. So like I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how explicit it'll be, but it very much looks like yo. We're they show, uh, I don't they they show someone dying in this trailer. One of the side characters. I'm not gonna say for you, Ben, because if you haven't seen the trailer, but like it's in the trailer, meaning like this is probably gonna be a brutal movie for Aquaman. Um, and like that's great. That's fine. Like I love high stakes. I like like make Aquaman like hit, put his back against the wall. Uh, like hang out with his brother and have goofy adventures. But it's all, yeah, but it's mm -hmm. also going to have a lot of humor and yeah. everything. Yeah, it's it, 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 very much what Brandon was saying. Like it's everything that that I liked in the first Aquaman. I'm just seeing more of, and I'm like, yes, yeah. that's that's all I want. It's, the big it's spectacle is more like, of more of Aquaman one. He rides a seahorse. Like it's it's that's yeah, hundred percent. Give me that. Like it's so, no, it's just so colorful. Yeah, I know. It's so like again, like the first Aquaman movie is really great. And like so, like I'm 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 looking at this trailer. I'm like, it's just everything I liked from that first movie just more of it um i love i love the way james wan films the underwater sequences i love the way they look um in the first film and in this one looks no different uh it's beautiful it's colorful uh there's so much like there th this feels like the kind of blockbuster that you that you don't get anymore like with like natural li like proper lighting and uh, special effects you can see and no particle effects covering everything and, like it looks like that kind of thing and like that's what I loved about the first Aquaman. I'm getting that again. Excellent. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm so also, glad I'm just getting that again. Also, one thing I'm really excited for, uh, Yaya Abdul-Mateen as Black Manta again. He and looks so kicking, good. His, yeah. his ass-kicking-looking scar that he has on his face. I'm like, dude. I mean, I, honestly, I missed him. I don't know why. The last thing I I like... Oh, no, it was... He was in Candyman. Candyman was Candyman. really good. Mm -hmm. But also, in the, in the DC role... His role in Watchmen, the HBO Watchmen, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, Chef Kiss, absolutely amazing. Absolutely. And the fact that he's back in in, in the DC role just makes me happy because I'm like, yeah. yay. I, I'm very glad that he's back and he's the featured prominent villain because, like, in in the first Aquaman, like, no no shame on the movie. Like, it, you know, um, Ocean Master is the bad guy uh, for yeah. that movie, but um, yeah. he's he's the you know he's the secondary villain. It's a it's a more simplified role. He's not. There's not a lot for him to grit his teeth into, but now he's central. I do think we're going to get a lot more. Like Mateen doing a great job with what is given to the table, but now he's just going to have more variety for what he can bring yeah. to the performance. I think that's really exciting. Yeah, James James Wan is making blockbusters in a way that I I wish more people were um, mm -hmm. colorful and bright and fun. Um, you know, and that's what I want. I I don't know if I don't know if this is good, but uh, if this is like it's completely stupid for me to say, but like we were talking, there was a lot of discourse on Twitter about Gore Verbinski being in director jail um, for frankly no reason, um, and uh, you know it feels kind of like he's doing like James Wan is Aquaman films are cut from the same cloth that those blockbuster films were from the early 2000s. So Spires of the Caribbeans, um, the, the, the Verbinski ones, like it does feel like these are the kind of the successor of that. Uh, you know, they're crazy. They're wild. They're throw everything at the kitchen sink with massive spectacle. Um, I, and maybe that's why I'm so drawn to them, you know, 
because like I'm, yeah. I, I hunger for that and I'm getting that here. Much much as I felt about the Marvels, both in anticipation of it and in seeing it, it's, I'm just I just want to go have a good time at the movies again. Yes. And that's that's what I did with the Marvels. That's what I want to do with this one. I just mm-hmm. want to go have a good time at the movies with yeah. these comic book characters. Like it's it's it, it doesn't need to be. And I and I'm grateful that it isn't beholden to the universe of that because like it doesn't matter anymore. So like it's it's not a factor. Um, oh yeah, they cut out both Batman. Yeah, I I I think that's fine. Like, yeah, who needs it? Like, just let the movie just be the movie now. Um, yeah, I was trying. I was trying to find the name of this guy because he he was one of the villains of the animated Aquaman trilogy that we watched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And his I his name's Scavenger, and he's basically like he's like a tech guy, and he has like a bunch of mining underwater mining equipment. It looks like it might Black Manta might be teaming up with him in this. And that villain is really cool. That's a great animated thing, by the yeah, way. Yeah, a hundred percent fantastic. Which I'm isn't pretty it, sure is pulled off Max now. God damn it! Isn't which uh, Randall Park? Randall Park isn't he teaming up with Randall Park in this movie as Doctor Wu? I, think I don't name? know if Randall Park's back for this movie or not. Neither oh, do yeah. I. He hasn't I'm been in any of the trailers. So in the in the in these trailers, um, Black Manta has a bunch of like undersea like like vehicles, and they look like what the scavenger uses in in, the, in that Aquaman trilogy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's just like a cool like mine underwater miner evil man. So it looks like like he could be teaming up with a bunch of villains to ruin Aquaman's life, which it looks like he does. It succeeds. Oh, sorry, Doctor Shin, not Doctor Wu. Um, he is credited <laughs> in Aquaman: The Lost Kingdom, but yeah, maybe. Yeah, uh, it, it'd be cool. Uh, I'm, I'm just excited to see it. Yep. I'm just, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping for the best. Uh, I, uh, to me, this is not the swan song of the the Snyder DC verse that that really happened with the Flash. I just want a good sequel to Aquaman. Yeah, um, that's all this is to me. Mm-hmm. Me too. And one more thing before I head out, because I got to get ready to go to my uh, friend's yeah. wedding rehearsal. Yay. Um, I still find it absolutely hilarious because I remember like 10-ish, 15-ish years ago when Aquaman was the butt of many jokes. People were always laughing, like a lot of uh, people who weren't in the like casual comic book fans or people who were had like maybe one foot in a comic book sphere one out they were constantly referenced to super friends uh skits the super the yeah. jokes about aquaman's like i can only talk to fish completely ignoring the amazing justice league aquaman with his hook for a hand and he's his the viking aquaman badass mofo that he is. and going from like new 52 on how aquaman was like one of the best-selling books of the new 52 and then the Aquaman movie was one of the best movies of the DCEU. Man, we're getting a sequel to that. I am. It's the I'm highest like, grossing what? DC film ever, I think. Probably still the case, yeah. Yeah. And it's 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 not Batman, it's not Superman, it's Mother F and Aquaman. And that just makes me smile because for I feel like this is like a bit of a character vindication in a way, where a character who is the butts of many jokes is like he's one of the big, biggest badasses and he is now a household name and I love mm-hmm. that. I think it's yep. amazing. And I'm like, hey, the comics are still good. As far as I know, the comics are still good. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a, an actor who really enjoys playing this role in Jason Momoa and you obviously have James Wan who is passionate and he's having fun. The actors are having fun on set as far as I'm aware. Like you guys mm-hmm. were mentioning that there's production problems and that kind of scares me a little bit. I'm I wasn't privy to that information beforehand, but still, it's had a lot of reshoots, which aren't a big which aren't mm-hmm. a big deal. Some of the test screenings have not been great. Mm-hmm. 
these are these are just hearsay we don't know for sure it, right but um so we don't we, right, but know, it, it could still be good yeah but going off the first aquaman film a film we all loved a film we all enjoyed i think if we're gonna get more of that in this new movie i am i am act, i am once again i never thought i would say it but i am really excited for an aquaman movie this is gonna be fun and fantastic and i cannot wait oh yeah so yeah. the Dark Knight made one point zero zero six billion dollars. That is the second highest grossing DC film ever, with Aquaman at one point fourteen billion dollars. Okay. Just so, and unfortunately, just like Captain Marvel made a billion and the Marvels made nothing, this movie's probably gonna make a tenth of that money because yep. just that's the, the landscape that we're in right now. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, Ben, we'll plug your stuff before you leave. Yes. So anyways, you could find me on the internet. Absolutely cannot looking forward to more Star Wars and of course looking forward to Aquaman at Ben Magna27 on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Threads. You could also find me writing for Old School Gamer Magazine, Fusion Gaming Magazine, go Nintendo.com. And also I haven't gotten it in the mail yet, but the latest issue of Old School Gamer Magazine with two really big articles for me um is it went to press last week. It should be hitting people's subscribers' mailboxes soon. And then I'm going to double check the website to see if you could buy it just like the single issue by itself because I'm really, really proud of the articles I wrote in that. But also looking forward to January because one of those articles I have in this issue is part one of part two. And I'm working on part two right now. So I'll give you more information when that comes up. And of course, also uh, subscribe to Dean Dark, which is the Dungeons & Dragons real play podcast where I play Mary Frankenstein. And that one's also really good. Newest episode came out this week. We're setting up some more stuff that's going to come. That's for that. You know, obviously more campaign stuff down the road, but it's a really great show. I'm really happy that these guys, all three of them really enjoy it. And I can't wait to share it with you. So yeah. All right, Ben. Uh, talk to you later, my friend. Talk to you later, guys. Bye. Bye, Ben. Farewell. Bye. All right. Mommy. So, well, the last thing on the, uh, that we want to talk about is the news of scream seven. Um, I'm just going to say what it is real quickly and then we'll get into the discussion uh, because there's, there's one thing around it that I want to I want to contextualize also Melissa Barrera was fired from the production of Scream 7 we know this is Christopher Landon coming in from uh, I think the team's called Radio Silence um, yeah. uh, They uh, Christopher Landon is coming in to direct this new film Melissa Barrera has been fired Jenna Ortega has left we kind of knew she would have anyway because of scheduling with Wednesday but this was much more, more of a official i'm not doing this no um much more of a stance here off the back of this james vanderbilt and guy busiek uh busiek sorry are set to write a completely new script for for scream 7 um and, and they're hoping that nev campbell will return this time after they didn't give her enough money for scream 6 and uh this came out today and it's rumor so i don't know if it's if it's been confirmed or not since i last looked at it but apparently she's denied the offer that they were given that they gave her uh but again that's just like a random news source it wasn't deadline or anything so like that yeah. could be that could change um in terms of the jenna ortega stuff um <clears throat> if i recall correctly it was never confirmed it was like reported but like rumor reported that yeah. he would be a reduced role in scream 7 because of conflicts with scheduling for filming when say post the strikes but not that she wouldn't be in the film at all so and none of the scheduling stuff holds water anymore now that they're 
changing the script anyway, which means it's not filming when it was originally going to. Yeah. So they've, they've, I'm only saying this because the studio has tried to say like, no, she's out because of scheduling conflicts. And it's like the day after is when it was official that she said she's not in the movie anymore. This is, this is not because of that. This is because she's in support with Melissa Barrera uh, and, and is not happy that she was fired um, because the schedule was going to be shifted around anyway. The only thing I'm going to say about that is that during the strikes and, the, the, and then I want to get off the, the reason why she was, she's not coming back for the film, because we all know the reason the reason is, is, the, uh, is, is because of this um, during the strikes, it was reported that scream seven and Wednesday scheduling had moved to be concurrently. So general Ortega could not return because she was going to be an executive producer on Wednesday. Also um, mm-hmm. that was never confirmed because of the strikes. Obviously that was just what the reporting was happening, but it was all the, what, what I had heard was always that she wasn't going to be able to make both, both things work. And she had to choose Wednesday over scream seven. Now that doesn't matter. Like Sparks was saying, everything that Sparks said is absolutely true. Scream seven cannot film when it was supposed to. So they if they're there, so they, because they already tooling the script because of this bullshit, she so Jenna Ortega has made it official herself. She is not coming back, which makes a clear statement that is because of Melissa Barrera. I can't even imagine what that script's going to look like without your two leads in it. Not like a good movie. Well, how do you write the, How do you write the main characters out and make it make sense? I'm like I'm not even talking about like why it happened. Just like if I'm going to watch if I was going to watch Scream Seven, like what would the story be that your two leads are not in the movie? Like man, they got they got screamed off screen. Like they got murdered off screen. Like oh, they're busy doing their own thing, and now we're focusing just on Chad. And, and I'm like, I love Chad, but like he's not the star of the movie. I just it's the fact that they're even trying this at all instead of just scrapping it is incredibly shitty first of all um but like i agree good good luck trying to fix this mess the moment the moment they knew that they also didn't have jenna ortega it's like just don't yeah yeah um and like and and i I said this i i know brandon knows this because i saw him i saw him like it but uh uh it 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 very much is like their only hail mary on this is if you get nev campbell and and matthew lillard back and then you're like cool would that that guarantees us the box office like bang uh gonna get that gonna get those diehard scream fans back in um and it's like honestly no um like you know what scream fans that's all you're doing they're young and progressive yeah and this move is not that yeah um, I was already yeah. really hesitant about this one because Christopher, I like Christopher Landon. I think he's a good director. Um, yeah. I like, I like uh, freaky and um, happy death day too, a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I was, but I was always like, I don't know with radio silence, not coming back to do this third one complete the kind of like what I really felt like was a trilogy. Like it really felt like um, uh, Melissa Barrera and general Ortega's character were on an arc that was going to finish in a third film. Not that you can't finish it here. Uh, not that six is not a good ending for it um because obviously it has to be um but like i felt like there was more to bring them into a into a seventh film and it already felt weird to me not to have the creative team working on that seventh film um so like i was like oh but all right i like christopher landon what can they pull off and now that and then we lost melissa barrera and jenna ortega it's like i'm not even gonna i don't care what you do i'm not seeing it i'm not seeing this movie this i'm i'm this this is ridiculously stupid and i'm and i don't care about it anymore as a as an extraordinarily uh huge scream fan i'm really sad yeah <laughs> i'm really sad that yeah. there that there's a, a very real possibility that there's going to be a, a new scream film that i'm not going to see um that just that bums me out 
like nobody's business. I, I would rather that they just stopped um, and scrapped all of this or yeah. um, do do your your apologies and, and get Melissa Brewer back. But like it was such a. It's it's uh, so shitty. So she's she's fired over what they're citing as controversial comments. And then when they got specific, they said anti-Semitic uh, and because of her posting support for Palestinians and saying that she doesn't want people killed in a genocide. And, um, and I'm not using specific language, but I will say like nothing in the stuff that she was sharing was anti-Semitic and in fact was very often coming from the perspective of Jews. She um, was also she was talking yes. Jewish voices involved in the things that she was sharing Absolutely. and like being part of the conversation. So like she was very responsible about it. And there's been really slimy like people whether they're inside the production company or not, who knows, but like, like trying to side eye, like, well, these, the, the, what we're really talking about are remarks that she made in person, not things that she was posting online. And it's like, get out of here. Like, that's not real um, because I can't substantiate any of it. Uh, and um, frankly, I hope, I, I, I hope she, <laughs> I hope she sues them over this. Um, this also comes in at the same time as like, you know, uh, we've got Susan Sarandon also yep. let go from her talent agency yep. over, over the same stuff um uh and other places where people are losing their jobs like tom cruise's um, agent like yes. he he batted for her and like tom cruise is the biggest movie she star still in the lost world. she she was like the head of an agency yeah, yeah she still lost that position but she's still on as an agent at the agency because tom cruise like but she got demoted it's just crazy that like that tom like tom cruise has a lot of interesting politics himself but he's still a good enough guy to bat for someone who doesn't deserve to be fired and that was just really just really just because tom cruise is crazy doesn't mean he's not a not a, at least halfway decent. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the the thing that really bothers me about this is that it is uh, if 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 you guys remember history, uh, the Red Scare, McCarthyism, mm -hmm. um, being being fired or being uh, being removed from anything for just having an opinion on something that I think is a is a pretty easy thing to look at. And this and, is happening to a lot of non celebrities. Too, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Lots of people are losing their jobs. Like whether you're an actor or just someone at Starbucks saying that like, hey, I don't like people getting murdered for no reason. Like it's I, I think it's a pretty easy stance to be anti-genocide, personally. Um and the fact that we have people like Noah Noah Schnepp from uh uh Stranger, Stranger Things. Things who is literally posting videos about how saying Zionism is sexy and he's getting off scot free. Uh, Skylar Gizmondo is is very much pro-Israel, liking every possible thing you can about being pro-Israel. And again, this is not me saying Israel, the country, all of them, they're doing a bad thing. It is the government of Israel. There are plenty of great people in Israel, right? It's just, it's just, it's really gross. It's the same thing as like, we condemn Hamas, but yeah. we don't condemn all the Palestinian people. Exactly. And it's just, uh, it's it's a really, more than anything, it's a really scary precedent of just like how we're like shifting back into conservatism in a really, really awful way. And like arts, people are like, like the, the people who work in art are very passionate and very expressive. And the fact that you are silencing half of them because what because you, you don't agree with them is like, yo man, there's a lot of shitty conservatives who still get plenty of movies and like, I'll watch their movies. I just won't agree with their opinion. This is like actively like ruining people's lives because they're anti-genocide. And it's like, it just, it's really, it really sucks. And what really bothers me, and this is not, this is not a thing about the podcast. But it really bothers me that people only started caring when it affected their big movie franchises. Like, oh no, what's going to happen to Scream? Like, hey, maybe just open your eyes to the world a little bit. Mm -hmm. And like, if anything, if anything, this this allowed people to get their eyes on what is really happening in the world because someone they like got fired from a movie they like. 
And I'm like, oh, why did she get fired? Oh, I see. Like, if, if this was an educational experience in any way, then that's great. But like, man, like, there are so many awful things in the world. And like, they're now just paying attention because, oh, Scream 7 got halted. I'm like, I get it. I get it. Um, it's just, it, it sucks that this is kind of where we're at with people in politics. And like, I just, I... To be to be fair, and like, I don't want to go too far down this route. No, yeah. I do want to stay focused on like some of the Scream stuff. But like, um, it, it it's very much a, our... The, the timing of this is with our country having only in the past couple of years slowly started to look at beyond the propaganda that we are fed, whether it's subconscious or direct, yeah. of, um, well, Israel-Palestine is too complicated, complicated to talk about or think about. And so we, we've been fed that our entire lives. Yeah. Um, and and that that's it, it's really complex. Like, it's just like you can't look over there. You can't really think about it kind of thing. And it's that's not, that's not. really crumbled and fallen apart yeah. over the past couple of years, but especially like uh, it, it, I, it, people who have had that even longer, you know, yeah. um, going going back like to their they're in their sixties now or whatever. Yeah, like I get it. Like this, our our government has fooled us into thinking that um, it was too complicated to talk about. Absolutely, yeah, and that there were no right answers about what was going on over there or any ways to understand it yeah and like it's it's so goofy when i look back on it that that's the stance we have but it is the stance we had and it, the, and what i love about being in the 21st century is we have social media and we have and we have people actively showing what is really happening so you know you can get fed lies and like we recognize the lies and like yeah our government we talk about all the time like without we like talking about this specific topic like our government is incredibly shitty um and it's just like it's nice that like the younger generations are really getting more involved and more open to like, hey man, we don't have to live with this. We can we can fight against this. Mm -hmm. But let's talk about Scream Seven because like yeah, I think, uh, but but in terms of Melissa Barrera being fired, it's I think it's outrageous. I do absolutely. think she should ultimately get to sue them over this because like they are they are asserting claims of anti-Semitism that it's like it's not there. It's not present in the language of anything that she. All of her posts were so beautiful and elegant and again looking at both sides of the equation and how these are both involving real people and it's like i don't i do not see how what she is saying is anti-semitism when again when people are actually saying yo zionism right on baby it's sexy i love it here's a sticker and i'm like it's, it's just like it's, it's it's i find it just disgusting yeah there's a horrible misconception that if you're anti-israel you're anti-jewish which is something that I've been dealing with my entire life mm -hmm. because a whole side of my family is Jewish. Right. So the whole thing of like, if you want to say anything bad against Israel, then you're anti the Jewish people. Mm -hmm. So that's been fed into my head forever and ever and ever. And there has become a spinelessness in that when you say that she is being anti-semitic so we are going to fire her because we're not conservative i mean they are but that's not why they're doing it they're doing it because they're spineless they don't mm -hmm. want to make the distinction because to them there shouldn't be or there isn't or they've been told there isn't right so they're saying to they're saying to by doing this, if you say anything against Israel, which is, again, something that it, it, not even my Jewish family, not even the, the Jewish people in my life, but 
if you look at the way our government talks about Israel, the way our government will always back Israel no matter what, which is ridiculous. It's always because it's Jewish, it's the, because we're, we're helping the Jewish people because they were persecuted during the Holocaust, because the, so many of them died during the Holocaust. We gifted them Israel. So that's why Israel equals Jewish. But with Melissa Barrera, if she's speaking out against Israel, she's not speaking out against Judaism. But you have Spyglass Entertainment thinking there is no distinction because right. they're spineless because they yeah. they don't want to get into the discussion they don't want to say to that they don't want to say to the people hey there's a discussion to be had here that one does not equal the other and they don't want to do that they don't care they want a clean slate they want to poo poo go away and they like, don't want to deal with this they could have they could have honestly said like they made a big statement and like hey like what what we don't represent like you know what we what we think and what you think aren't the same and then like they could have forced her to make a statement or something but like you're right like it's a completely spineless to just like oh we're just gonna wash our hands of the situation and not even look at it like not even make it complicated it's like no she's just fired because she said something and i'm like and i think it's really it, it's really blown up in their faces and i and it, like melissa barrera they felt i i do feel like because jenna ortega has also been posting as people have said like things in support of palestine like this is not this is not also melissa barrera was maybe more consistent and active about it like in the sense of of just like maybe once a day yeah. jenna ortega's been doing it too and like jenna ortega wasn't fired and jenna ortega wasn't fired because she's a moneymaker name and melissa barrera isn't 100 she's a great talent she's just not she's just not a, an a-lister name where you hear it that makes you want to watch something yeah she she's not there yet i think she will be one day but she's not there yet she gained half a million followers yeah. on instagram in a day <laughs> she might be now <laughs> she, if anything she, this skyrocketed her now yeah. dude like she's gonna be so much bigger than ever now you're right of this. you're right um she was also recently, like ju just before this, she was fired and replaced off of a project with a white lady for another thing too. Mm -hmm. um, though that that doesn't necessarily that that seems less that to to have it anything to do with this. Yeah, it yeah, yeah. Just be like shitty. Um, but Melissa Barrera, uh, it, they felt like they could kind of get away with it. I think, but yes. the fact that they lost Jenna Ortega in the same move, which I I just I it baffles me that they thought they wouldn't. Um, they're 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 sunk like there's no scream seven there's no point in making scream seven and i know they're like wanting to go back to the well with nev campbell but we've already talked to death about uh even as we were leading up to scream five that's like you can't kill sydney like there, there's no story to tell there um it was it, 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 as much as like it's shitty that they wouldn't offer nev campbell the money she deserves to come back i'm glad that ultimately she didn't come back because i don't believe that sydney should be back in any movies without wes craven anyway especially not if you're going to kill her um, and you'd have to, or there's no point in bringing her back in the story. So just don't do it. Yeah. Just don't do it. Um, but that's the only path they can see now to financial success with this because they've shot themselves in the foot so spectacularly. I need to talk about Mel Gibson for a minute. Oh, sure. Yes. Yeah. I, I love to hear this, Brandon. Mel Gibson is a known anti-Semite. Um, has been for many years, openly, still, to this day, will say really shitty things about Jewish people. Yeah. Um, and yet, he just headlined a John Wick TV series. Yep. There's two, three nights, three hour and a half long nights where he was a main character on a John Wick TV series. Yeah. Now, admittedly, if he was still doing like movies like that, weird santa claus movie he did a couple years back or stuff like that 
even like post the beaver and then like just doing like direct to DVD movies and blah, blah, blah. Don't care. You're getting your, you're getting your money, how you get it. Hell, if you were doing daily wire shit, I wouldn't care. But John Wick is a really big popular franchise. And he was a main character in it. Did any of us see this, see this show? No. Right. So like, how is it possible? And again, we all know the answer is sexism. Um, how is it possible that he is still in the limelight, still headlining these things, and you're using the excuse of being anti- of being anti-Semitic with this person who, again, wasn't being was being critical of a government, which is not the same thing. So, like, it's ridiculous to see this happen uh, like this, and and to. And maddening and frustrating and like disappointing, disappointing. Thank you. Like, it's just completely ridiculous to see to to see this. And like, I'm not going to watch that that John Wick TV series. And I love John Wick. I would have loved a show about the Continental. Are you kidding me? That sounds great. Absolutely. I I would watch an anime or or the high table movie or show, whatever, whatever they're going to do. I'll watch it all. I'm not going to watch the Continental. Absolutely not. Are you kidding me? Yeah, and it's like, I feel like in Hollywood, like after this this explosion happened and so many people are very vocal about how dumb this is and how much they don't support it, like, I want to hope that that'll like, that'll scare some people from making stupid rash decisions like this, but I'm, 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 I don't believe in Hollywood enough to think that. So mm-hmm. like, like there might be, there'll be more stuff behind the scenes that we'll probably know, never know about. And like they won't be as vocal as like, yo, we're going to fire our lead person out in the out open. So like, I, I don't know how nothing like, like nothing will get rectified from this. Like, do you, do you guys think there is a world where they hire her back? Like in a James Gunn situation? Or do you think like, I think the nail is done for them. I think, I think Scream 7 is a plus. You have to to so blatantly, you have to so blatantly admit it's, I, I really don't see how. Yeah. Because you not only have to admit you're wrong to have fired her, yeah, you essentially have to say that even if you don't condone what she's saying and and like side with her about Palestine, you have to say that it's okay that she does. That's that's the thing is like they tangled themselves up in a web now where, uh, I, I, I they should just do that. I just don't think they will. I, yeah, I don't. I don't think so. But would she want to? Like, would she? Would she take? Would she be the bigger person and be like, I'm not coming back? Absolutely. I think. I think. I think if that's, I think if that was the path, right, where Spyglass had to say like we were wrong, this was a wrong action to take, um, X Y Z, and by 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 doing so, saying like it's okay for her to post about Free Palestine, and like if that were the statement the studio made, I think there's a path. I think yeah. there is a path where Melissa Barrera would be like that's a that's a cosmic shift to make them say that to to want you back, um, but I but. Did you guys see uh, Christopher Landon's tweet about about this? The only thing he said was just like, this isn't I didn't do this. This wasn't me. Please stop yelling at me or something like that. Uh, and I then kinda... he deleted it because people were like, <laughs> dude, this was awful. <laughs> yeah, like I, I I understand you can't say a lot about this because like for like, you know, studio reasons. I think like... it would have been I think it would have been a perfectly fine post if he said didn't include the stop yelling part. Yes, I think but he, I, I he probably. Paraphrasing, I don't remember his exact wording, but I do know that was the idea of it. He did a heartbreak emoji. He said, um, "Everything, everything sucks. sucks. Stop yelling. This wasn't my my fault." Yeah, um, right, right, right. Very uh, short. Yeah, it, I, if he'd 
if he'd posted a heartbroken emoji, honestly, even by itself, I would have been like, that's enough for, for a director in their position like that, that they probably can't say very much. Yeah. Um, and he, and just said, everything sucks. Fine. Um, if he said like this really, this wasn't up to me. Um, yeah. I think that's all. Okay. It's the stop yelling that it's like it, even though he didn't say stop yelling at me, he just said, stop yelling. Um, it's, it made it like stopping upset about this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, shut the fuck up. We can be you upset kinda, about this. It shouldn't have happened. You kind of got to, I, I kind of fell for him a little bit though. Like he loses his two leads on a movie that he's coming in after two popular entries. And he's now being, and, and he was being blamed for it. I mean, yeah. everyone blames the director for these things because they're sure. the face of the movie. Um, and so like, he handled it very badly, obviously, but like I do kind of feel for him a little bit because like yeah. it would suck to 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 be in the situation and not have any power to and you just lost your two leads. Yeah, I uh, honestly, I I really do think this it's the stop yelling that everybody responded to poorly that they yeah. were like, don't say that. It, it, especially because he didn't specify at me, he just said stop yelling. Sure. Um, and it's and it's like no, everyone's going to be vocal about this. Everyone should be vocal about this. You should not be as the director if you disagree with this decision, telling people to not be vocal about being upset about this. So like it, it was just it, it was a poor choice. It was yeah. just a poor choice. And I, I'm not condemning him. Yeah, yeah. But it was a bad it was a bad scene. He shouldn't have said it. And I I I just don't see a world where Nev Campbell would say yes after also this happened and after the negotiations of last time. Unless they give her literally like $50 million. Yeah. Like, they, they combined uh, salaries of both the two leads. I don't see her coming back either. And to my knowledge, Matthew Lillard's fairly progressive too, and I don't, oh, think, yeah. I don't think that he'd come back for this either at this point. So, yeah. like, if that was the idea, like, that idea is sunk. Um, he, uh, Matthew Lillard, it was really funny to see people discover, uh, I think he has a trans daughter, um yeah. and he and people to like discover that because like he posted something which was being sarcastic of uh anti-trans rhetoric and uh people were like oh my god it's matthew Lillard. and everyone was like no he's got a trans daughter and blah blah, blah. and so like kind of discovering that like people kind of like almost turning on matthew Lillard and be like oh wait okay i get it now okay we're okay i see it was also really funny to see him during the strikes being like Y'all, I really want to talk about this movie. Yeah. I really want to talk about Five Nights, but I can't. And he just keep posting videos. I'm just walking around his living room going crazy. And I'm like, oh man, he just wants to talk about his yeah, his movie. Yeah. Uh yeah, I, I just I don't I don't see it. I don't see where I don't see it. The only the, the only the only like positive version I see of this happening is like they try to do a rewrite of the script and it just it's just shit and they can it, and they wait a couple months, and they try to see if they can get the two leads back when when it's possible. Like, I just don't... Now that this has happened, I don't see any world where Scream 7 comes out in a in a good way at all. Like, it's, if you can't get Nev back for the final movie, like, it's scrap it. Just scrap it, man. Now, admittedly, I know nothing about the conflict in Israel, with Israel and Palestine. I'll be, frank, I'll be frank about it. I'm completely ignorant to world events, on mostly on purpose, mostly on accident. I have 50-50 on either, on either side. But when it comes to this, like, I don't, I don't get it. I'll be perfectly honest. I don't get it. I know what I, I know I don't, genocide is bad. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm well, I'm, I'm aware enough to know that about that. But like, there's a lot that I just don't understand. But I also know that what Melissa Barrera said is not wrong. She's not, yeah. 
She didn't say anything cruel or mean, evil, controversial. She was being open from the heart, saying something that I people should probably agree with. Um, and like I love and, after it happened, like she like it took her like a day, but she responded. And she's like, you know, I will not be silenced. I'm like, that's really powerful. That is incredibly powerful because she could have her agent probably told her like, yo, you got to go media blackout like to like to hush this up and like, no, that's not who I am. Like, I, I, I'm going to continue to, I'm going to be louder, if anything. And I think that's fantastic. Cause like, man, when, th- when bad shit happens in a world, like, like it's, I, I 100% understand where you're coming from, Brandon. Like sometimes like we, we can't ignore such things like this because if we ignore them, then we just pers- allow them to persist forever. Um, and like it, we need big Hollywood celebrities. Cause that's where a lot of people pay attention to is the big Hollywood people. So like, like her being this vocal is like really great not just for us but for like the younger generation so like hey we can we can be loud and be supportive um and again like yo man if tom cruise is on their side like come on come on guys like and this is the the just just like this the christopher landon thing that stop yelling it 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 hits so sour with people because that's essentially like the tact our government has taken about this is that they just want everybody to stop talking about it and ignore it yeah and move on um and people are refusing to ignore it and that's what they want they want us to not engage and not talk about it and not get up in arms about it and that's not what's happening and it's it's really so just it's awful what's happening um but it's also just so terrible to watch not just our government, but then like these high seats of power in arts and yes. other things uh, say, if if you speak about this, we're going to do everything in our power to take take away your platform and silence you. Yeah. It took us a hundred years to realize that art and capitalism don't mix. Yeah. <laughs> we were doing pretty good there for a while, but you know, it happens. Okay. Um, that was a great Jamie conversation. Pa- Thank you for being part of it, Brandon. Yeah, Jamie Foxx might be a sex offender. All right, so that's how we're going to end that. Um, um, that's why right. we put it at the end. Yeah, the all the bad stuff goes at the end. I mean, look, uh, only thing about the Jamie Foxx thing that I I did save it because I did want to mention it at the end is that like a lawsuit has been filed against Jamie Foxx for alleged sexual assault. That sucks. I love Jamie Foxx. That's going to be a real. I need. It's, that's going to. I'm going to like yo man. Like it's. It's getting for me in a way. It's almost it's getting easier and easier to separate the art from the artist because at this point, like half of everyone the sucks. Some terrible shit. Everybody sucks, no matter what. Yeah. Everyone's got baggage. Everyone's got things that they've done. So I'm just like, man, I'm just gonna go in the movies and pretend these aren't real people anymore because like I can't yeah. get attached to celebrities, no matter like I've been burned so many times like putting my love and faith into people who I think are great people and they do really shitty things. Like it's hard. Again, it's it's like it's it's what I always say. It's it's a personal it's a personal choice. Like is the yeah. person so like harmful that you have to take a stand like JK Rowling or in my case, Mel Gibson, like, yeah, yeah, they, they are actively harming people, you know, like are like on a constant, like, like if JK Rowling had said, Hey, I hate trans people. And then shut the F up for like three years. I probably still, I might've checked out, I might've checked out the the Harry Potter video game. I might have, but like she constantly every day has been saying some bullshit. And I'm like, I can't. Your you your brand is now this. This is you the only thing that we associate. You let with. me like you, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, 
so and not to not to like say like sexual assault can be like washed away or anything like that but like you know you know it depends like was this a long time thing is he atoning for it is he going to like make a statement um you know what where's this what what's the end result here um but yeah you know believe women um what's the thing what's the those the palestine thing what 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 do people say about from the river to the sea that sure um well i I learned recently this isn't as as bad but like in like 1992 john ham in college set a dude's pants on fire as like a hazing ritual and people are like we're canceling john ham i'm like bro that was like before i was born like (laughs) he was 18 years old like i'm going to forgive him for a shaving he did 30 years ago he has clearly not done anything like that since right so i'm like you know (laughs) uh in in just in response to what you were saying it's a free palestine or ceasefire now or pretty much go-tos okay Um, yeah yeah. everybody everybody's pretty on board with like just do a god dang ceasefire um yeah we're a pretty progressive podcast or anything but i I also like i I briefly mentioned it but like the susan sarandon thing also like that's so baffling that bums me the hell out yeah um susan sarandon real quickly just to give a little bit of context on that one from my from the from from my jewish side of things like there's a large section of the Jewish community that believes Susan Sarandon is, is anti-Semitic and has been for many, many years. Um, yeah. I don't know if that's true or not. I have not seen any proof of it, but like there's a lot of people, there's a lot of Jewish people who were like celebrating this because of her history with anti-Semitism. So like, I don't know. Hmm. About, I don't know. Interesting. I, I don't know anything about that. Uh, all, all I know is that it was the same context. What yeah. she was posting with what she was saying was nothing that was directly anti-Semitic. It was just, criticism of israel and and wanting safety of the civilians in palestine um right and i don't think that's something you should get punished for yeah right and so i think that like it's entirely possible that she has been openly critical of israel and that again as we talked about has been being this is it's not it's become one-to-one it's like no that's not the case you can be critical of the government yeah yeah susan sarandon uh strikes me as a person who has long paid attention to actually what was going on in Israel and Palestine and made a decision about what she thought about that much earlier than most Americans. Yeah. Um, because she tends to be a pretty world aware person. Um, yeah. Uh, it's, it's really, it's really a bummer. Not, it, oh God. I, I don't want to go too far down this rabbit hole, but I do think like decisions like this, there's a, a whole, and I do think this is anti-Semitic and it's, and it's gross, but like, you know, when we were growing up, there was a whole like concept of, um, Jews control everything and Jews control the way that yeah, things yeah. work in Hollywood and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, I don't want them to feed that idea again yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and foster anti-Semitism. I also don't want that. And I think that like when you are silencing people in this kind of way, where it's something that's so not about what you're saying it's about. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think it fosters a dislike that can that can lead back to that and i I don't want that either um it's just so it's just so shitty um scream six was an excellent finale for the scream franchise i'm so sad that scream is over what's what's the opening kill he's like who gives a shit about movies and i was like man that's a good movie oh yeah scream six is a good movie and it's a good ending to the franchise happy to have it the core Um, four survived and they lived happily ever after as far as i'm concerned yeah six good movies yeah, the worst one is like not bad. Like that's that's a pretty good franchise. Thank All you, right. Mark. All right, so that'll do it. Let's get out of here. Unless yeah, there's anything else you guys want to bring up? No, I'm just like I'm just looking at my Jimmy Olsen behind me, and I'm like, man, 
we're gonna get to see Superman and Jimmy hanging out, him being like, Oh shucks, Superman. He's like, Golly, I love I love corn. And I'm like, I'm just so excited. I'm so I'm so excited. Superman's Whoa, catchphrase, I Golly, corn. I love corn. Yeah, it's Superman's famous phrase. You know, it's what he says whenever he lands in the same thing. <laughs> Golly, I love corn. Listen, give him a Kansas accent. Like no Superman adaptation has ever given him like a, like an actual accent. That's a really good point. I know, and I'm hey man, southern people have accents, even though Kansas is not southern. You gotta, you gotta have, yeah. That's the thing. Is like not, not southern drawl. No bullshit, ma'am. Actually, get an, an actively correct Kansas accent. I just think that'd be. I've seen that being floated around. I'm like, I don't think it's gonna happen, but I think it'd be cute. Um. Okay, so that'll do it, guys. Um. Hey, check out our um. Check out some of the other things. Uh, we'll be back probably next week. We'll see. <clears throat> Again, it depends if we have enough to talk about. I'm happy that we kept this at around two hours. Uh, mm -hmm. th grateful for it. Um, hope you guys had a good Thanksgiving. We, it was Thanksgiving week. I hope everyone watching this had a good Thanksgiving. Um, uh, um, I, I, uh, you know, I famously hate holidays, but that does not mean I want everyone to to suffer during them. So uh, I hope you guys enjoyed that. And uh, uh, happy happy future birthday to Sparks, whose birthday is coming oh, yeah. up this week. Coming up. Um, so stay tuned for a bunch of fun stuff next week, most likely, and a bunch of other things that are coming out during the pipeline. Of course, there's a lot of like Victor's Watch stuff, and there's a lot of like, um, I don't have the list in front of me this week, unfortunately. Um, but check out our website at fakenerpodcast.com for all the links you can find to every single one of our shows. Um, all the subscriber links, all the watch links, they're all there. You can check out, check them out right now. You can also check out our Tee Public and our Patreon if you'd like to support us financially, which are also linked below as well as on our website um which is also linked below so figurepodcast.com once again um thank you to everyone who listens and thank you to everyone who watches the live show and thank you to everyone who watches the rewind we greatly appreciate it um and we hope you enjoy it as much as we enjoy doing it thank you to uh jeremy Vellucci for the music you heard here today and all the music here for all of our shows thank you to uh, oh you can also check him out uh, at jeremy underscore wreck of time jeremy Vellucci underscore wreck of time uh, which is his band, The Wreck of Time. Um, you could also check out his podcast, Suburban Proctologist, at uh, Facebook and Instagram and um, iTunes. I don't have the, once again, I think it's at Subproc Podcast on Instagram and Suburban Proctologist Official on Facebook. Hell yeah. Thank you once again to Mike Matola. Mike Matola is a wonderful collaborator of ours, did a, did a couple of our logos, collaborated with us on a few things. You can check him out at Instagram, TikTok, and threads at Mike Matola. Um, and yeah, uh, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all at Fickner Podcasts, FickerGuys at gmail.com. If you'd like to get in touch with us personally, I'm at BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, you can also find me writing for AtomicKingdom.com. Once again, our co host, Ben Magnet, is Ben Magnet27 on Instagram, Twitter, threads, blah, 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 blah. Um, Sparks, we can point to you. You can find me. Hmm. Hmm. Loving Scream 1 through 6. That's Sparks Woody on Instagram and Twitter, S-P-A-R-K-Z Woody. And Ryan? You can find me um, talking about how much Superman loves corn all over the internet at DJ Tony Snark. All right, guys. Subscribe. Get <laughs> <laughs> uh, subscribe to us on your podcatcher of choice. Rate and review wherever you get us. Like this video. Subscribe to this channel. Until next time we see us, guys. Stay fake nerds. <laughs>